So obviously last night was a really hard night. Yeah. And uh you probably watched it live, didn't you? Um I'm I'm very thankful that I didn't see it as it happened. Unfortunately, I still saw playback of it. Mm-hmm. Um which is man, that's hard to watch. I only saw it one time. I won't watch it again. So while I was getting tattooed today, uh we were talking about it and he was saying like he went in a cardiac arrest. My yeah. artist was telling me about it cuz I so, you know, I don't watch football but there's something that happens more frequently in hockey and baseball than it does in football. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a super rare occurrence to happen in football. And I, I don't know of any other time that it's happened. Um, the only death that's ever occurred, which thankfully this is not a death, but the only death that ever occurred was back in, I believe, the 60s mm-hmm. where a player died on the field. I don't know cause, reason, whatever. I don't know any of that. Right. Um, but there's this thing and anytime somebody says it, it sounds like they're saying Corpus Christi, like, the, <laughs> like Texas, a <laughs> Texas. Yeah, I was going to say Florida. I, I don't it. So it sounds like that, but from what I saw a doctor explain it as it's like, there's your heart is in a rhythm where it's pumping blood. Right. And like, it's, it's sending out like electricity and there's a millisecond in that part where it's pumping that if it gets hit the wrong way, you go into, we'll call it Corpus Christi. I don't fucking know. And when that happens, within six seconds, you pass out and go into cardiac arrest. So that was about about six seconds from when he got up, stumbled, and then hit the ground. Yeah, when, when the tackle was made, he got up and then just went, onto his back. Yeah. And uh, I I don't I don't nobody has it's it's weird. Nobody has words for this. It's I don't I don't even know what to say about well, it. It's I can tell horrible. you some people that have fucking words for it is the people on Twitter. I don't think you have Twitter, do you? Or you don't use it. So when something like this happens or like big events, uh I follow certain things on Twitter through Bleacher Report because they post a lot of tweets right? that go along with it. Well, like, there's people that were losing their fucking minds that they stopped the game. Yeah. Pieces like, of shit. Like, some dude, I saw it, he was like, oh, I've got to hit parlay or whatever, make the, or get the game going or whatever. Like, Yeah, I hope those are the people that die. Yeah, like, get fucked, man. Like, I, I don't understand uh, how it, you want to fucking worry about that shit. Like, someone was like, oh, how about continuing the game for the hardworking people that uh, paid for the tickets? Like, bro, a 24-year-old male that has barely inched into his adult life is now fucking go, like, on the verge of dying. Um, And, and they, had to, they had to do CPR for over nine minutes. Yep. Uh, as, as people just sat there and watched. There was one report from uh, a news anchor in that area. So I guess it's a little more reliable than it would be from like an like a out of state person, but they said that he was given an AED on the field. Well, and yeah. that resuscitated him. Resuscitate. Resuscitate. <laughs> they russet potatoed the man. <laughs> so that Got his heart going again. 
Right. And then, uh, but he wasn't able to breathe on his own. Okay. So that's when they put him into the ambulance. Uh, I think, honestly, the most horrible thing of this whole thing is that his mother was in the stands yeah. and had to watch this as it unfolded. And but she she got down in the in the ambulance and rode with him too though, right? Correct. So thankfully the ambulance was able to wait for security to get her into the ambulance so she could ride with him. Right. And over the last 12 hours apparently this is like a fucking great hospital. Uh they, were they in Buffalo or Cincinnati? Cincy. Okay. So they get him to the hospital and within the almost 24 hours that we're up to now, he went from nobody knows anything and we don't know if he's even alive to he woke up and he all his vitals went back to normal, mm-hmm. but they sedated him to give him a breathing tube. Right. So I don't know if that means he still cannot breathe on his own because we have not been given any more updates. And I think that's more so out of respect for the family, which I think is a good thing. Well, that and and another thing my tattoo artist was telling me, like, because he's like a big Reddit dude. Um, right. So he was reading throughout there. And you know how, I mean, you can hear crazy shit on Reddit, whether it be right. true or not. But like some kid was like, of course, you're not going to hear anything because the NFL is going to want to sweep all this shit under the rug. Like, oh, players can't get hurt when they're getting hit. And I mean, that uh, that I feel like it could go with the respect for the family thing. So, usually that's how it goes. Like, for example, Tua, uh, the quarterback from the Miami Dolphins, has mm-hmm. suffered multiple concussions this year. Right. Uh, and, and each time he was concussed, like, obviously, he would stand up and be, like, wet wow. noodle. Yeah. And the coach wouldn't take him out of the game. Really? And then when they did take him out of the game because he fell to the ground, after another play, he was back out on the field within a few plays. That's ignorant. Like, why the... These these are humans, bro. So... Well, not, not to these fucking people, dude. They're fucking money-making machines. Well, what I was going to say... Dies, go ahead. I'm just saying, when that machine dies, bro, that's fucking, you know, clunk it, fucking go to the next one. I think there was one person... Obviously, I know nothing... I'm not a part of the NFL. I don't work for them. But if from an outsider point of view, from a true, like, unbiased opinion, I believe there's one person that fucked up throughout this whole thing. And that was the person whoever relayed to Joe Buck, the commentator, that these players have five minutes to warm back up and get back to playing football. Oh, because yeah. the NFL, once they got word of that, they passed out to everybody. We right. did not fucking say that. We, like, the game was already canceled. So th- at the same time that Joe Buck is saying this, Sean McDermott and um, the Bengals coach met midfield and were basically right. like, we're not playing this fucking game. Yeah, yeah. Which we, is are, we are going to go, yeah, we're going to figure out how to be there for DeMar Hamlin Right. And and nobody is in a is in a mindset right now to be playing this fucking game because who gives a fuck about this game right now? 
Right. It dude, it looked like the entire uh Bill squad that was out on the field was like in tears. They were. Like, um that, that's fucking even Bengals players imagine. were. And, I couldn't and, imagine dealing with that, bro. Could you, you imagine, imagine someone even being a fan in the stands watching that? I mean, no. I mean, like I I I I mean I've seen like I've been to games, hockey games, and see people get laid out and have to get like pulled out on a stretcher. Which is like scary, but like but usually imagine, they get the thumbs up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, hey, it like, would be good. Imagine like you work with. It's like someone you work with essentially. It's someone you see five to six days a week, right? And and how long has he been on the team? Uh, I think he was drafted this year, round six. Okay, it, so, it was either oh, this so year or the last. I, it might have been round six of last. Yeah, dude, this is only I believe his second year in. Yeah, so imagine someone you see six, five to six days a week, every week, 52 fucking weeks, so uh, 104 fucking weeks that you see someone, pretty much, and then all of a sudden it's like, there's a possibility this person's never coming back. You have said your last words to him. Yeah, like, and then I, somebody I, has the audacity to be like, hey, you guys got five minutes to... I tell them to fucking suck me. Somebody would have got their shit rocked. Luckily... Because even the players were like, are you fucking kidding? And, and Joe Burrow is trying to throw a football and Stephon Diggs, while he's crying his eyes out, is trying to rally the team. And right. then everybody kind of just goes blank again. Yeah. And then that's when the two coaches finally met. They went back to the locker room. The players had already known because while we were still waiting for updates, one of the uh, reporters was like, Stephon Diggs is in a towel talking to the Bengals players. Like, and then he ended up getting an Uber mm-hmm. to the hospital to be with Damar. Right. So I always talk about like how much pride I have in being a Bills fan for a lot of great reasons. But unfortunately, this is a really bad reason where I talk about how wonderful it is to be a Bills fan. So like last night, Damar had a, a toy drive that he he needed $2,500 to fulfill on mm-hmm. GoFundMe. As of this morning, it was over $4 million, And Damn. they were at $1,500 when this happened at eight fifty something last night. Within 12 hours, it's over $4 million. That's insane. But I mean, Every, that, that's on par, though, for your organization and the fans. Yes. Uh, and, Every, I'm, and I'm sure Bengals fans followed suit. Bengals fans showed up to the hospital right. after they after they publicly announced the the commentator came over the loudspeaker and was like, this game is done. Mm-hmm. Fans left there. And instead of going home and going on about their life, they went to the hospital to just stand outside right. and show support. Every NFL team, I don't know if you saw, I updated my profile picture to his jersey number. Yeah. Every NFL team has updated theirs to that as well. That's sick. So that's, I love being a Bills fan, but I hate expressing these are some of the reasons why I love being a Bills fan. Well, I mean, it's not so much you should hate it. It's it's when the time matters the most more than football that you appreciate the family that's, you know, built from that. Right. I, I would just I would rather there be more stories like we played on Thanksgiving this year. We have for the last three years now. We're three and oh, suck it. Uh and and Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are warming up and 
Stefan Diggs goes, Happy Thanksgiving. And Alan goes, Happy Thanksgiving, man. I'm so thankful for you. Stefan Diggs looks at him and you could see his eyes welling up. Yeah, yeah. And goes, You'll never know how thankful I am for you, man. I love you. And then they hugged. Like, that's that's the stories I want to be like, this is why I love being a Bills fan, bro. Because you don't see that shit on any other team. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great fan bases, but you don't see that shit. Yeah. So, it, I, it, I don't know, man. This shit is wild, bro. Well, well hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, um, we'll have some updates and, and hopefully he's back in... Because I'm pretty sure as of last time I checked, he's in critical condition still. Naturally, they're going to keep him there until he's able to breathe on his own, uh, right. which is what we have heard last, is that yeah. even though all of his vitals are good, because his... So he has a marketing rep that has been kind of the one putting out the official updates. Right. And he said on a, a interview that he did a little earlier, it was a quick, maybe 45-second thing so he could get back in was his eyes were open. He mm-hmm. was awake, but they had to sedate him to give him the breathing tube. Which, which you know, in cases of maybe not so much of this injury, but stuff like that, I mean, is protocol. Exactly. So, um, so all you can hope for now is that it looks like this is going to keep going up. But you gotta hope that his brain was not without oxygen for a point of time that causes permanent damage. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So, like, it, it, it does it? Ha- I assume it has the possibility to, like, make it Shut to where down. he can't it, he can't breathe on his own, or he, he has no movement, or yeah, he gets paralyzed, or something in the form of a stroke, or something like that. Right, and so, and to think that this young man practiced his entire life to do this one job mm-hmm. for this to happen. I hope that this is not the last time he is on the field playing this game. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, it's, I'm, I, you know, I'm upset about the situation just because of, um, a little bit about how it got handled and B it's just, it sucks to see it a person like that coming from a sports fan that's like that. But I, I know it's, it's weighing on you and, and I'm sure you and your dad talked about it already. And well, he FaceTimed me while we were gaming last night. And that's right. why, I, that's why I just was like, is he fucking dead? Yeah. Because I mean, cause that's dude, when they, they surrounded him like a wall, you know, big shout out to those paramedics, man, because when, at least from my knowledge of what I've been, trained in you don't have time once you need Split once you second. figure out that you need to use that aed then like you have like seconds right like you need to get that shit on him and the fact that they were able this is how professional that you know i don't want to take away from his injury but to shine light on these paramedics like to be able because you have to put that in specific spots right and it tells you to, and, you know, there, there even maybe a situation where if there's hair there, it won't stick properly. You have to make sure that he's dry. You can't be wet. You can't, and he, the, the dude's been out there sweating. He's got pounds of fucking football gear on and a helmet and everything. So for them to be able to get all those ducks in a row and be able to successfully While get his While still heart, doing CPR. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's and, unreal. And 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 another thing is is like you really have to clear your scene when you're doing things like that. So to like calm everybody down and push them back long enough to get him back where his heart's beating is just it's a real feat in itself. That and um, that's again why I love being a Bills fan. The the players, the whole team made sure to build a wall around this so that right. nobody could see mm-hmm. and the paramedics could do everything that they needed to do right in that moment. Yeah, so you know we lost uh, uh our free safety Micah Hyde at the beginning of the season to a neck injury. Right. DeMar was his replacement and oh, he has shit. come in and done amazing work. I have talked about him all year to my dad mm-hmm. because I was so pissed and upset that Micah Hyde got hurt. And I was like, this sucks, man, because him and Jordan Poyer, our safety duo, was top of the league. And then Hamlin comes in, and I'm like, maybe it's not going to be so bad. Right. And I've I've talked about him so much this year, so I just, I really hope there's more positive news that keeps coming. Um, I, I could give a fuck less if we ever win a game again. Mm-hmm. As long as that man gets his life back. Right. Right. I could but, give like, a fuck less. So he brought up the situation and I know it's not prevalent of everybody's mind, but he was like, you know, what is this going to do to the bills going forward? And I know you don't give a fuck about like the Super Bowl. And, and I, and obviously I think that kid, best case scenario, everything goes back to normal. He's done playing this year. I, I would assume. Yes. But, you know, you know, I'm not saying, you know, we care about this more. I'm just saying hopefully everything's okay. But you talk about a fucking team getting a fire lit up under them. Like, yes. You talking about having uh, having something to fight for. Trust me when I say. Boy. When, when a player gets hurt mm-hmm. and, and an ambulance has to come out or that player gets stretchered off, if it's that serious, not where a player, you know, tears an ACL, MCL, or or, or something like that off. where carded, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're in a stretcher. The players will look for one thing, and that is the fucking arm sticking up with the thumbs up in the air. Mm-hmm. That's what lights that fire. Right. Now, you imagine they get a call where that thumb is up in the fucking air. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. It, it's it's going to be fucking wild, which, which I'm sitting here thinking about it. I don't recall a time I you know I don't really watch football anymore I don't really recall a time seeing the ambulance come out it's always been it like happens. a stretcher card no it, it, it happens uh it it's happened a couple times this year okay so it does happen right uh more than it shouldn't mm-hmm. um because I wish it never happened but it's a dangerous game so like you, you it's gonna happen right but in this magnitude even people, because I've been I've been balls deep in this shit all day. They have never seen this before, or uh, anything even close to it. Nothing. So, I, my tattoo artist showed me, and sorry to keep bringing him up, but this is the only person I really talked to about it today. Um, he showed me this Reddit thread that he was reading, and some kid was like, "You know, something like this happened to me." Said he was at school, and his friends and him were playing around, and he got punched in the chest. Six seconds later, passed out yep. and then woke up. So, like, that's how simple it is. Like, now it's not to the severity to this fella. Um, 
but the the guy that said he got punched, it, it he said it wasn't a huge hit. So like it's a routine how, tackle. Yeah. That's oh the, yeah. Pat McAfee said it the best today. That was a routine tackle. But then when that doctor was on that interview with that fucking bitch from one of the news channels who kept interrupting him, which I hate that shit. He says there is a millisecond where this could happen. And a millisecond is like a blink of the eye. If that happens in that millisecond, that's when your six seconds happens and, and everything else. So, yeah, I think it's, I can't remember the actual number, like one and however many, but, you know, it's, it's wild that it happened, but you know what? Uh, it, these players are in healthy shape. I mean, you know, I can't remember that dude from the Steelers. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he got hit and uh, he couldn't walk at all. Oh, Ryan Shazier? Shazier? Yeah. Shazier? So, you know, I mean, to, sh to show, you know, someone who's in peak athleticism and the willpower to get better, you know, if this kid has a chance, I think he'll come back better. The whole world is in this man's corner. Oh, yeah. And... I hate that tragedy does this to us, but even when COVID happened, there was not a unity in this sense. The last right. time I saw unity like this was 9-11, where everybody's talking about it, and, and it is a fucking fraction of the fucking pieces of shit out there that are saying negative things. Like, I follow a page called NFL Memes. Mm-hmm. You're always going to have those people on there that are doing like the laughing emojis at people that are trying to be serious or, or right. generous or whatever. I didn't see a single fucking one. That's Not good. a single fucking one. I, I think tragedy and shit has funny points, but you know, at a certain point you can't laugh at things like that. Are you, and, well, yeah. and it's almost like, like, you know, I can really find some fucked up things to say about certain issues, but like this one, it's like, then nothing comes to mind. No, everybody, is, everybody has like a, a part in their brain that's like allows fucked up things. And you're like, oh, this would be hilarious. Well, that's but, the definition of comedy. If you ask a comedian, is time plus tragedy equals comedy, right? So, so. but I, even 20 years from now, I don't see anything being funny about this. No, not at all. I did I just, see a TikTok about the trade setter though. Did make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> where somebody put their eyes in their mouth on one of the buildings and uh, and it says when you're playing Call of Duty with your friend and it does that fucking ant noise and it's like, your teammate got their ass kicked. And they're like... <laughs> I saw one where it was a phase two and the plane was coming and someone was like, is that the Grim Reaper? <laughs> and I just fucking, dude, I, I mean, I almost choked, bro. It was It was awful, but, you know, it is what it is. And then, Ken Block. Yeah, that shit. That shit um, came out like 15 minutes after that happened. Yeah. So of all goddamn things, now don't get me wrong, I'm not a huge Hoonigan kid. Like no. I didn't, I didn't watch all the Jim Connors and shit, but I watched a lot of them with Brian, especially. And uh, you know, he meant a lot to a lot of fucking people, bro. Yeah. If like, you were a it, part of like skating or anything when you were a younger kid, you've yeah, heard this like guy's your name. Fucking your, your monster energy drink, Travis Pastrana, DC oh, yeah. when Rob Deerdeck did that video yep. with him on Robin Big. Like 
everybody knows at least who he is. And like, if you're a fucking Subaru fan, Mustang fan, like everybody knows who this dude is. And he, and he fucking died in a snowmobile accident of all things. Yeah. But I'm sure if he was around or if we had the ability to ask him, he'd be like, yeah, at least I got to do it on my terms. You know what well, I like mean? One of, one of his famous quotes is if you're not scared, you're not going fast enough. Right. And that motherfucker, I mean, you, you can just tell in his videos, like there was nothing, nothing short of speed and fucking balls to the walls with him. So, it's but I, I, I have a lot dude. of friends that are just, they're into nothing but cars and they are very fucking upset. I'm sure that fucked Brian up bad. Uh, I haven't got to talk to him today and I'm surprised he didn't say anything to me about it, but I, I got a friend here. Uh, that we play video games with Lawfer Raptor that everybody knows. Yeah. He, Isn't his name Kyle? Yeah. Yep. And he is a he is a big Hoonigan kid. Like he's went and seen him, like met him. Fucking, you know, I got a buddy named Mitch. He on e- damn near every vehicle he's ever owned. He's owned like fifty different cars and and piece of shit fucking shit wagons and everything you know he gets the hoonigan stencil shit boxes i don't know why i said wagon he gets the hoonigan fucking the spray thing and spray paints it on the the trunk spray paints it on the fucking the bed like that was his idol and it's just you know it's i don't know we're in the weird part of our lives where people are dying yeah And, and i don't know how to fucking handle it i think that's when like that feeling of while we're getting old happens. Yeah. Like my fucking back hurts and everybody's dying. You're ugly. I mean, <laughs> the, start the, the fucking podcast. All right. Welcome to the rule number seven podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Kyle. And your rule of the day is why the fuck did you get rid of our favorite couch, Nick? <laughs> so today we, we have a guest. This is our buddy, Nick, that we've talked about on a lot of episodes. Hi, Nick. Hey, so uh and to, and to go with the 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 rule of the day Nick had a sectional in his house it was a green beautiful sectional and you could fit 3 to 4 people on there depending size and take the best goddamn nap of your life and <laughs> Lucas it's gone. could power drop onto that couch and it would never break dude Yeah because it was made with real <laughs> fucking material and not some bitch ass pussy material like that, Kyle's that at. should have been the casting couch bro yeah <laughs> Pornhub joke insert yeah so uh we missed that couch rest in peace uh you know what's going did. on buddy what's up what's up what's up that couch did rule oh my god oh my god it was amazing many a naps on that thing dude I, like you could fit like four people on it easily, it easily. oh yeah and that's sleeping that's laying, laying down, down four yeah. people like I'm yeah. saying, like you could seat like 10, 12 people easily. Yeah, it was I huge. Fucking, I just, it was a cornerstone sure of I my st- childhood. I'm pretty sure I still have a picture of all of us doing. What were we playing like Guitar Hero on it or something? I don't know, man. We so many memories in two different townhouses. Like this is me. <laughs> Gus. You moved. You moved it in two different townhouses. Yeah, yeah. It, and I moved it here actually, and then got rid of it. Yeah. And there's still room for like four more of us. Yeah, dude. Brian was there. Oh, shit. Man, that, that was, was the a night, long time ago. That was the night you and I took this photo where I'm wearing my hat on my hood for some reason. 
<laughs> Dude, Nick's townhouses. Let me tell you. So, uh, you know, I got a lot of texts from my friends for my birthday and shit. Um, and Nick texted me and was like, yo, happy birthday. Immediately after that. Right at right at midnight, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah on time. Uh, his wife, Abby, texted me and was like, yo, happy birthday. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks so much. And like, not even after, like a minute after me sending that text, she was like, hey, remember when you were here drunk on Peach Andre on your birthday? <laughs> like 10 years ago? I was like, yep. <laughs> so, oh, man, Peach Andre. That shit was fire. Yeah, boy. That was, oh that was good stuff. It's like God peach damn, soda. The hangover afterwards, bro. Oh, yeah. It, was it drives dry. you out, bro. Oh, yeah, champagne so drives you out. It's disgusting. But, dude, we had a lot of good times at your townhouses. Aside oh, yeah. from getting towed. That was yeah. always awful. I never got towed. Bro, I got towed once. I remember Jim, uh, the guitar player in, in Nick's band, he got towed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I remember. So, Nick Nick had, like, what was it? Two parking spots and then, yep. like, a visitor's. And, yep. and 90% and of the time, visitor's was taken. So, we would park at this church that was, like, what? Like oh, two, yeah. like, a mile, like a mile or two down the road, right next yeah. to Seven yeah. Eleven. Exactly. So I remember one time I was my mom was like, <laughs> "You need to get to the house now." And I'm like, "Bro, it is six o'clock in the fucking morning." Like, <laughs> too bad I what? wasn't there needing to cut my grass, but I could have dropped you off. <laughs> like, dude. So I was like, "Man, I cannot wake up, Nick." So I texted him. I was like, "Yo, are you up?" And like ten minutes went by, and like nothing and i was like i'm not waking this man up so i made that walk and because like and then i had to drive back to get my shit because i remember i had brought a bunch of shit over to your house i'm like i'm not carrying all this i think i had my base with me and everything and like my mom was like what were you doing i was like walking a motherfucking mile (laughs) i was at nick's house dude like i was over there all the time when i was like fucking it it consisted of me going to food lion to work go home, get bitched at by my mom, take a shower and leave. Like that was, that was my routine every fucking day. That's why I thought that the second townhouse was better just because he had that little dead end street right next to him where we could park our cars. So even even the first townhouse we had, I got towed from it. Like I was parked in a visitor spot and they came and towed me after like two hours. They, they, and I was like, yo dude, and he was putting me on the truck. Like I ran out and I was like, yo dude, like, that's my car. I live here. What are you doing? He's like, well, it's parked in the wrong spot. You can't park here without a pass. It was a visitor's pass or whatever. And I was, dude, I gave him hell for it. But Oh, fucking guarantee it. But now, that, yeah, that second townhouse was money. I, I, I love the basement in that townhouse, man. That's where we play video games, create music. It was oh awesome. God. A lot Old of hockey studio. So my mind's escaping me. Uh, was I around for the first townhouse? I had yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the one that went- Sonny and Sean live in the basement. Ryan lived there. Mm-hmm. That was the first there. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. What was the second one then? The second one was uh, the hardwood floors with the big deck and deck on the back. Wasn't it like right down the road? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. like yeah. Right, okay. maybe okay. a half mile away. Yeah. Okay, the first one was sick. Yeah, first, first one, one was sick. sick. It was just a little bit smaller. Yeah, because yeah. you didn't have any roommates in the second one, right? Yeah, dude. I had. I had two, and then we were like, "Yeah, no more roommates." Right. Well, you had roommates, oh, like, yeah, all okay. the time. I yeah, mean, I, I mean, was we like got to a point. Night. Obviously, you get to a point where you don't want to have roommates anymore if you don't need to. You know yeah, I mean? absolutely. It's like, even though, like, 
our roommates were always fine paying their stuff on time and all that jazz, but yeah, it was just, I was a, I was like a freelance roommate. I just was over there all the time. You were always welcome, my guy. Fuck yeah, thank you. Bro, now, we were I, always over there. Uh, <clears throat> to bring up Sonny, uh, I saw him naked in your house a lot too. Yeah, that was always that was always we going saw him. Downstairs. We saw him naked everywhere. No, but like I was sure. over at Nick's so much when he lived there. I even went and hung out with him. I hung out at Nick's house when Nick wasn't home. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it was funny as shit. But uh, yeah, because you guys used to like help watch, uh, Vera. Yeah, like and stuff because I was working. I was doing like multiple routes a day and shit. Yeah, my, I remember my that old job. Yeah, so uh, bringing that up, Nick's old job, and and correct me if I'm wrong, you basically delivered pharmaceuticals to nursing homes. Yeah, I was He's a legal a drug dealer. Yeah. He's a plug. <laughs> it was a plug. Yeah. So like that, uh, that was like one of my favorite times too because if I didn't have to work the next day, I would just roll out and me and Nick would ride around all fucking night. Yep. But honestly, that was the coldest I've ever been during the summer because Nick would have the AC blasting and working, obviously. <laughs> so he was hot, and I'm sitting in there with a fucking like a basketball jersey, just like. <laughs> but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't. I I'd only known Nick for a year. I was like, man, he's gonna think I'm a bitch. So I'm gonna freeze well, Luke, here in Luke, silence. You couldn't go. In, you couldn't go to the nursing homes and hospitals with me. So it was like I would be carrying like all of this shit in. <laughs> like like I'm talking like uh like IV pumps like bags of IVs, like paperwork, so, like narcotics, like everything that you can think of, like running in there. And I would try to go as fast as I could right? because the faster I got done, obviously the faster I can get home, yeah. you know, nighttime, it wasn't as bad because there's no traffic, but daytime, dude, I just got in the habit of like, I'm in and out of each home in like 10 to 15 minutes. So I mm -hmm. would just like run. So I had to have the AC, you like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, out sweating my ass off, it's like carrying so, all this shit out. That episode of SpongeBob where he's trying to sell the chocolate bars and he has <laughs> all those bags, and he has like a bag for each chocolate bar. That was Nick. That was me <laughs> carrying those fucking chocolate bars. So uh, that job was crazy, dude. I remember the one time. So like, th there'd be times, right? So they we had this thing called stats. Like we need this medicine, like stat, right? Mm -hmm. So. I would be on my route and be like, hey, there's a stat that needs to be picked up at this Walgreens or whatever. Can you get it? And I remember going and picking up this medication and it was like like some heavy duty like painkiller for this person. Right. Right. And I was like, oh, God, like I need to hurry up like painkiller old people like it, it's not good. Right. Mm -hmm. And I got stuck in Nova and. I was driving on 95 in dead stop traffic and I pulled on the side of the road and passed people to get on to the exit ramp that I need to get on. And it was maybe like two car lengths. Right. The cop pulls me over under the bridge and ties me up for 30 minutes. I get to the nursing home and like, Hey, I got medication for, I forget the name. And they said, Oh, they expired because that's the term they use. Like, so that person was in pain, needed medication. I couldn't get, get it to them because a cop pulled me over. I literally was like, hey, man, this is an emergency. Like, this is medication. It's going here, here, here. And he's like, I don't care. It's reckless driving. He ended up not giving me a ticket or anything, which sucks. But it's just like, bro, like that person died because I, it, well, they were in pain and died when I could have right, potentially right. gave them medication that helped that transition better for them. You know? What but yeah, that was wild. Pain. Like, 
people would say all the time, like expired, expired, expired. I was like, why do you guys use that term? And nurses said it helps us to not get too attached with what's going on. I guess when oh, you're dealing no, with that okay. many old people all the time, because I always like expired. Like I think of like milk or something like that. I'll think of like a human the band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, uh, dude. So I, I guess that's it, it's easier to say that other than like a more heartfelt term, like passed away. Right, because I mean, they're like trying. Obviously, they they care for these people and they love them and they want them to be better. But at the same time, it's like they're old, man. Like, right. One nursing home had uh, it was like a psych ward. Like oh, one of the floors was that. like that's where all the Alzheimer people, the the crazies, all this stuff. Like, and I got yelled, cussed out like so many times, Fuck and I always you. hated going on on that floor. But yeah, dude, <laughs> that job is wild and uh. You know, it was really cool to be able to. We have a lot of good memories just driving around and listening to music and oh my just God. talking, man. That's really where I got educated on a lot of music that I listen to now. Oh, um, that Limp Biscuit. No, fuck Limp Biscuit. <laughs> he has Actually, always hated Limp Biscuit. I don't think I've ever heard Nick play Limp Biscuit other than like break stuff, maybe. Like when I'm in the car. I mean, like when I'm with you. I I've don't, always I don't known remember. that you didn't like it, so I never I played it. it. But I mean, I'll, like, I'll bump their greatest hits all day or like, Chocolate starfish all day. I don't care. That shit's into heavy. the fucking trash. It's <laughs> heavy, bro. <laughs> Brian, so, anyways, hold on. Brian texted me the other day and was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know I appreciate how much you hate Limp Biscuit." <laughs> <laughs> so he hates him too. I guess so. I don't whatever, think I've bro. Ever... He hates Melting Pot too. So yeah, he's whatever. in the middle. Anyway, um, so uh, I remember a couple times Nick came home and was like, "Yo, let's cook steaks." It's like four o'clock in the morning. I'd been up all night and my mom's like, you're not leaving till I leave from work. And by the time I got to Nick's, he cooked the steak and everything. He's like, I'm going to bed. Steak's on the counter. So I went to Nick's to eat a steak and then just went to sleep at like 530 in the morning. <laughs> Jesus. And there then was also we, a time uh, we went to Walmart and got steaks and made yep. steaks like super late at night. Too. Dude, remember when fucking Walmart was 24 hours? Walmart's not 24 hours anymore. No, nope. not not here. No, after but I mean, COVID. when's the last when's the last time you went out after fucking midnight? Other than the <laughs> gas station, probably back the time we're talking about. Did yeah. they open them back up to twenty four hours? Because for the know. longest time after COVID, they stopped that shit. Around here, that closes at eleven. That's what but I dude, thought is around here too. So like, it pisses me off that they did that. Yeah, like it closes eleven. Fucking, you know, I get off work in the mornings at five thirty, five forty. And I can go get something I need to make dinner or lunch the next day. And I don't have to wake up at a certain time, go to the fucking grocery store, come back home, cook, and then go to work. I can just wake up and do my thing. Yeah. But uh, I remember another time me and Nick uh, went and waited for Chick-fil-A to open. <laughs> and then we ate it out in front of his house. And it was like the situation, Kyle. Like, remember when we took that video of your foot hitting the brake and it was like, yeah. It was like a situation like that. And me and Nick are almost to the point of throwing up. We're laughing so hard. We were out in his car for like an hour. <laughs> were you guys like that tired that oh it was that funny? God, yeah. Dude, I, we were I up don't, all night. I think, like, no bullshit. I think me and Nick slept till like three or four and I didn't even see him. I was just like, right, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause we were sitting outside of my house and we were talking as if we had like smokers talk. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, but we were we were doing Billy Mays commercials. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> Just like all this crazy <laughs> stuff. 
Oh man, that was so funny. Yeah. So, I wasn't around for any of that. No, what were you doing? I couldn't tell you. I've been sitting here this whole time trying because I never went on runs with them. Mm-mm. Never had any of the late night shenanigans that you guys did. Oh man, and I me, I me can't remember where slept. the fuck I was at in life when all that was happening. You've always been kind of like the the more grounded one as far as like I got a bedtime. I, I stick to that routine. Like I I don't go super late. Like. You've never been like a super big night out because I mean that's when you were working like I want to say Domino's transitioning into the 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 last job at the lake. So when I was doing the Domino's thing, I was nothing but a night owl. Sleep until three or four in the afternoon, staying up all night, mm. going to work to get beer money, and then getting fucked up. But once I started the that job, working five days a week and having to be there at five six o'clock in the morning, yeah, I I. Definitely started getting a bedtime. Oh, I don't, no I don't doubt, even bro. think I remember y- seeing you drink. See, you and I, I barely, have been drunk together like a couple times, maybe. I, I don't remember it's, it. It's though. less than five. I can think of one off the top of my head where we all were at your townhouse, the second one, and you guys were recording in Maryland the next day, and you asked if I could uh, like shuttle the drums for you. Yeah, you you used to drink Bud Light Platinums. There right? was I was oh, drinking them for a man. little while. Yeah. yeah, it was like yeah. that, and I remember like the me and Sonny used to always drink the red apple like ciders and get choiced on those. But yeah, I think Sonny it was like, still gets fucked up. On <laughs> he probably does, dude. <laughs> it was like I'll drink anything. Then it was like oh, I kind of like Bud Light Platinum, and then it was like I like Yingling. I don't want anything else. Yingling I remember I remember being at your house when we had made for more practice and and drinking Yingling with you. But you didn't like the regular green bottle Yingling. You had the the Yingling tan. Yeah, the black Gross. and tan. Yeah. yeah. It was like that hard like the more stronger one. <laughs> I had to like chug it. Here I am trying to catch a buzz. You're like, mm, "This tastes good." <laughs> and now you're straight edge. Yeah. And now I drink like 12% beers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And now I have MS. I don't know. (laughs) I have MS and I'm dying. Um, so on this on the um like the the topic of work, I really did want to ask you, like, uh, because we never really we I mean we talked about it, but not to the extent of what I want to talk about it. So you used to work at Guitar Center. Yeah. And how long did you work there? Like five years? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. So um like during COVID, you you never stopped during COVID, right? And uh, and I don't remember if Kyle did. Were you, no. Did you? No. Um, I definitely did. I fucking twenty twenty was the best goddamn year I've ever had. That's no <laughs> bullshit. But like for you, like I, I never got like the full side of like you know um because like you know as you and other people have listened to this, this podcast, we are big advocates of men's mental health. So, you know, what, I want to know, like, because right now you're happy in your job. Currently, oh, yeah. you're like, you know, you do something that you're cool with and like your mood has changed from when you were like, fuck this. Right. So, like, what, what was it like leading up to that? Where where, and what happened to your mental health to get you to the point where you're like, fuck all this. Like, I need a new job. Yeah. And start by saying, like, like, what was your job with Guitar Center? And, you know, stress that you had with that. And then just to top on everything that happened with COVID as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I was a store manager um, 
down at the Richmond store and we started having COVID talks in January of 2020. Right. Okay. And it was like one of those things where it's like, there's a pandemic. It hasn't hit the U S really yet, but let's just be careful and cautious. Uh, once, once the shit really hit the fan, like early March, late February, uh, we started having four conference calls a day. Jesus Christ! So every I'm conference call, that's with big wigs too. Like uh, just our, our, just my direct report, uh, mm-hmm. and all the store managers' direct reports. So, and it was constant. This is what's going to happen if we're going if this happens. This is what we need to do if this happens, and it was constant, right? So then. As we got closer and closer and closer, it then you have to remember too. So I had 34 employees and every single one of them coming up to me all day, every day. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going And it was constant berating from them, which I mean, they're, they're all awesome people, but I mean, they're just trying to protect themselves, you know? And then right. as we got closer to shit, the, the country is going to shut down. Um, it went from four conference calls to like every hour on the hour. Jesus. Um, then, then we, we decided, Hey, we're going to shut down and only the store manager and one other person's going to work. And it wasn't mandatory or anything like that, but it was like, okay, if I don't go in, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to f- be furloughed. Right. And I was terrified of not having money coming in and having to worry about unemployment, which I, I knew was going to be a clusterfuck. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. so I, it was like, I have to work. And then on top of that, it's like, cool, I have to work, but then I have to basically tell all these employees, Hey, you're not going to be working your furloughed. And you know, if we have a spot available afterwards, we'll bring you back essentially. Yeah. Um, and then throughout April, man, it was, it was just, sorry, the rest of this gets quicker, but this is the leading up to it. You know, April was me and one other associate taking phone orders, fulfilling online orders and packing about seven pallets of gear a day out of the store. So that's putting everything in boxes, padding it, UPS labels on a, on a pallet. Um, probably about six, seven feet tall, um, and doing about thirty-five, forty thousand dollars in sales almost every day. So, and put that in perspective for you, a normal day at my store was anywhere from ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Damn. Um, on top of that, I was slated and required to start our new online lessons program, and I had I in that month I probably. Sent and call sent so many emails and calls that probably about a thousand a week that I was dealing with on top of packing all this shit. Right. Right. Then on April 20th, I totaled my car on the way home. <laughs> yeah. And uh I didn't know I, I I took one day off from wrecking my car and dealing with all this crap. Um and that was it. However, I was working five days at the store and then I'd come home and work another day. So I was working six days a week during when everybody else was at home getting paid ultimately almost more than me. Oh, bro. <laughs> just, I'll tell you straight up video games. Like I, I made more on unemployment than 
I did at work. It wasn't that much more. It was, right. it, it was more, but you, you were right to go back to the, like knowing like you're going to get furloughed, knowing that unemployment's going to be a shit show, bro. No bullshit. I sat on a phone. I woke up at eight o'clock. Didn't, it wasn't, I filed for unemployment and hadn't heard anything from them. Dialed them up at eight o'clock, kept my phone on until five and it never got picked up by anybody. Mm. Like it was just, it was a complete shit show. So I remember you also telling me like uh, leading up to then, uh, you know, everybody was mass mandated. Right. So uh, that was a huge problem in your store too with customers, right? Yeah. So, I mean, once the last week of us being alone in the store, we didn't know it was the last week. They were like, hey, you and this person have to wear a mask in the store. So packing all that shit, wearing a mask, like never wearing a mask before, it was like, I couldn't breathe. Like, I mean, like, sweat all under it because it's like you're sweating under this mask and like you're trying to pack stuff up and keep each other safe but then you know when everybody we were like okay we're going to open up the store for x amount of hours we didn't think it was going to be busy um as soon as we started to slowly open up more um we had shorter hours but i'm telling you dude we we still had and we're we were hitting record sales all year and traffic was insane and like you know, I had people, I had to sit at the front of the store all day, either mm-hmm. me or one other person. And we had to greet people and let them know, these are all the precautions we're taking. This is what we're doing. You know, these are the walkways. I had to go through and tape arrows all over the store and do all this crazy shit. Right. And, you know, while you're in the store, you have to have a mask on. Mm-hmm. And like, there'd be people like, walking in without a mask on and I'd, I'd have to run up like, Hey man, you have to wear a mask if you're going to come in the store. And that's when people started to show their true colors and really yeah. started to grind me down a lot. Like, and you're talking lot. about customers, not like, the yeah, customers. Right. So the customers, like it, it, I was getting on both sides, whether mm-hmm. you're red or blue, I was getting called homophobic slurs, racial slurs, I was spit at. I had the cops called on me multiple times. I had the health department called on me multiple times. Meanwhile, I'm doing like three times the business that I was doing prior to COVID Mm -hmm. with five people on staff, six people on staff. And we slowly got more and more people, but then the hours started to get longer and longer and longer. And dude, we were dealing with masks and stuff up until close to when I left. It got to a point where it's like, hey, you guys don't have to wear a mask in the store anymore, even if you're not vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. But it's like just countless, like the expectations got very high and the demand got very high because you have to remember there was a huge shortage with shit in shipments coming from China, right? right. All that stuff was held in, in the bays or whatever until they get it through customs. Um, we were doing on top of that with with seven, eight people on staff when we were fully staffed, not only were hitting record-breaking numbers, we were also bringing in two and three, two and three hundred-piece trucks on top of that. And I'm managing the sales floor because I don't have all my managers or people are out sick with COVID. Like every time someone was like, hey, I came in contact with with COVID, you're out for two weeks. Like, that's just what it was. And it was like, okay, shit. I have eight people who are back. Three of them 
are all out with COVID stuff. And whether that was them manipulating the system to get out of work and being paid for it, whatever, right? I've always felt like I was a manager that was understanding with people's shit in their lives. You know, I didn't ever want to like make people do things that they didn't want to, but at the same time, it's like I have a business to run, right? Right. And it just came down to one of those those things. You can't bring anybody back from furlough. You can't hire anybody. You have to do it. And it was constant like, okay, cool. Now I'm no longer a store manager. I'm a salesperson. I'm an operations person. I'm doing physical inventory counts. I'm doing lessons. I'm doing a lot of things um, and helping out wherever I could. And it, it just became, I was doing the job of like eight people every day. It wasn't, in pre-COVID, I was doing the job of like two or three and it's just the workload and then the customers and stuff. But like eventually it just came down to a point where the company started making a lot of decisions and I, I'm not going to bad talk the company at all. Like even though I'm Fuck not them. working, it, <laughs> well, I guess I could because I don't work for them anymore. I don't Fuck have them, bro. If they treated you like shit, what are they going to do? Stumble, apro- stumble all, across all, our podcast one day and be all like, I will, motherfucker? All I will say is Every retail establishment, they're going to have disgruntled employees. But once you start taking people's money and withholding bonuses and stuff that they've earned, that's when you start having a problem, right? Um, the The company doesn't care about anybody. Everyone's expendable. And uh, it just came to a point where I was like, I felt expendable everywhere. You know, like I felt like I was just like, because my life was, I wake up, I drive an hour to get to work. I'm at work for eight to 10 hours a day. Then I have another hour to get home. By the time I sit down to eat dinner, I'm getting a phone call from work before I play video games. Oh, I got a phone call from work. Hang on. And I'm on the phone with work and it was nonstop, dude. And it just came to a point where I just felt like I was expendable to everyone and everybody needed something from me. That and, was really often because I remember plenty of times it's like, yo, it, it, what, what the fuck happened to Nick? We're sitting here playing and then you come back on. You're like, sorry, I got a call from work. And before you would get that out of your mouth, your phone rings again. That was the uh, and Kyle, I'm sure you remember when we would go stay the night at Nick's and shit, play video games. His phone was always ringing. Oh, yeah. And, and, was, and, and it was always like we'd be chilling without him for shit over an hour. Yeah, and it, and it's like late at night too, because what's your store close at like eight or nine at nine? Night? Yeah. yeah, so I mean, you're getting you're getting calls from the moment you leave work till nine, and it's yeah. some dickweed that's like, hey, um, um, how do I and do it, this? And, yeah, and you're and when you get off the phone, you're like, this is fucking first day shit. Like, well, how hard was, is it? And and that that is what came to a point too, where I started to realize that the company lo- no longer valued training its employees, right? They, we would hire new people in and I would do my best to train them. Right. Right. I really would. But the problem is, is they just want to get people in that can sell some stuff. If they quit, they quit. We still got them to sell this much stuff before they left. Right. And me training managers and stuff, I couldn't give my guys and my people the time that they needed to make sure that they were good. So it wasn't their fucking fault. It wasn't my fault. Because I'm being pulled left and right. They're being pulled left and right. Like sometimes you look at the clock, it's 11 o'clock. And then the next time you look at it, it's 7 38 o'clock because there's literally 300 people come through the doors. Right. Right. Um, You know, it's, it, it just became, it just became a point to where the company and the business that I initially really do care about the business and I care about what they do. I think it's, 
it's great. Um, but the upper leadership who was the direct reports, when they say the store managers have it easy, they don't know what it's like to to actually be real leaders. Um, that's a problem for me. Um, Makes sense. I mean, you know, and, and being a manager that that is over people and you're hitting these goals, you're doing everything they asked, you're doing it in a good fashion as a hard worker. You're not fucking calling them and being like, fuck you. Right. And, and you're legitimately trying. And then they take things away from you that you've earned, like you said, like bonuses and shit. And, mm-hmm. and you come home. And I assume you come home just feeling absolutely defeated by it every day. Every yeah. day. And, and, then, I mean, and that, then I would get on to play video games. Right. And it's like, you know, that's my escape. But I couldn't even enjoy that. Yeah. You know, and so I started drinking a lot. <laughs> a lot right. and because that's how i coped with it and to get through it and um i mean i still drink i mean i took a big break mm-hmm. last year which you guys know but you know right. i took a big break because it's like yo this is running my life right now and i i mean i still drink <laughs> um yeah. but it it's under different circumstances purpose yeah yeah it's it's under different pretenses yeah but it's yeah, man. I don't know, dude. If you work in retail, get the fuck out. They don't care about you. All they care about is the bottom dollar. You need to get out. You need to look out for yourself. And I promise you, you will find a different job. Um, this job fell into my lap. I work from home. I literally went from driving two hours a day, spending about 500 bucks a month with gas to I fill my tank up every three months. I walk fucking 20 feet to my, my office <laughs> and this is my office. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's wild to see the differences that all three of us have with the way that COVID went, though, because it's like Luke did the Luke had to do the unemployment thing mm-hmm. and it was fucking so sick. <laughs> right. So like Luke is like, I'm happy. Nick's in a fucking nightmare. And then I'm in the middle because it's like I got the best of both worlds. Like I didn't get to get the unemployment, which I, I didn't want to um, because my job was like such in a small uh, like constricted area, mm-hmm. and, and like I got, I'd get to still go out on the freeway. There'd be fucking nobody there. So remind awesome. me, real quick. COVID traffic was lit. Oh, it was so <laughs> so nice. good, and dude. gas prices at COVID was lit. Yeah, yeah. My God, dude. Uh, before I say something else, Kyle, remind me, you were uh, you were maintenance manager at that time, correct? At that time, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so dude, you got to work outside and shit too. Yeah, well, that was the, no that was the reason you. why that was the reason why a lot of the rules that applied to your very big area of a lot of people and stuff didn't apply to me. So, like, I never had to worry about masks because it. Uh, I was in charge of uh, ten people. We were very spread out. Everybody had their own gig. Um, it was just me handing down orders and then going out and doing jobs. So I had the best of both worlds. I never had mm-hmm. to deal with the bullshit. Uh, of the stress, I'd never had to deal with people that, and I, and and I don't even classify it as a red or blue thing. It's just like, like I understand there's differences in opinions, but those people that come in and and say those things to you, those are just pieces of shit. No, like those are. are those are just fucking. But the problem, bags. the problem is, is COVID went from being this this thing that we needed to focus on to a huge political shit show. Well, a hundred percent did. My father said this to me, and, and and it just stuck with me for some reason. He said, you never let a good pandemic go to waste. 100%. And I was like, wow, dude, that makes yep. a lot of sense, that's, bro. That's an old school saying. But uh, like, No, nah, my dad uh, made it up, bro. It's, it's whatever. 
Anyway, uh, but yeah, <laughs> so like, and going to the mask thing, like, don't get me wrong, I fucking hated it. It was ridiculous, uh, especially wearing it at work while I'm in a, a like, because, you know, after we got unfurloughed, I don't know if there was a word for that. <laughs> I'm going to say unfurloughed. Um, we had to go reinstated back to our job. We had to wear masks on a hundred and sixteen fucking degree floor, bro. Like I don't care what political party you want, you're gonna be mad about wearing the fucking mask, right? But to to, to, no, and and I didn't want to wear it in restaurants. I didn't want to wear it in, but I did. And and a lot of it was Gabby, like, hey, you need to have some fucking understanding. But I never, I I have a fucking as small as my goddamn brain is, I have enough fucking sense to go and say, hey, this person that's saying, sir, you need to put your mask on, they're not the ones fucking mandating this. Oh, don't get me wrong. They come into work like me and they say, hey, uh, their big fucking boss is like, hey, someone's not wearing a mask, you need to tell them or I'm going to fucking fire you. Like, don't get me wrong. When when I had to go to a public place, like like if I had to go to Lowe's or, or something like that, I put a mask on simply out of respect for other people. Uh, right. But, or, or like when I wanted takeout food, I didn't go sit down in the fucking restaurant to make other people uncomfortable. I just ordered the food to go. Right. Yeah, like shit Which like was that. nice. Well, even I, you and I met yeah. up for like breakfast one day at, at Panera. And you and we I wore outside, our masks. Didn't and, we? But, and then we went outside and took our masks off. You know, it's yeah. like, I didn't like my whole thing, what I was getting at, it didn't matter if you were red or blue. It, it, the people were just being shitty. And right. like, well, pieces of shit. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just became so politicized. And that was the problem, man. Like for a lot of people. And then it, uh, the people that worked for us were like the exact, it got pretty, we got pretty militant at some points because we had to. We were just so fucking done with people bitching at us to where it's like, hey, you got to put a mask on. If you don't like it, you got to get out now. And yeah. like, I, I even had these kids who were like dicking around on drum sets and they were like coughing all over the place. I was like, are y'all sick? No. Well, we're coughing. I was like, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. I was like, <laughs> dude, God damn get kid. out of my store now. And they're like, we're just playing the drums. I was like, I don't care. Are you buying something? No. I was like, all right, go. And I started to really externalize a lot of the stuff that I was keeping in towards the end. And obviously it was pretty fucking hilarious to kick people out but oh you know but it became very we had to be militant with it at some point because people were just like not following the rules but you know covid was a shit show and that was that's really what impacted me because it's like you know getting getting in that car wreck was the turning point Mm -hmm. and then on top of that i had almost what two years because I quit working there around the same time that I got in that car wreck. Um, I dealt with two years of work after that. And the whole time was like, I should have died or this should have happened or blah, 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 blah. Right. And it's like constant braiding, but yeah. Well, let's get to the happy shit then. Cause one of the topics that I wanted to go over and Luke wanted to go over, we want to talk about your music career. Oh, yeah. Sick. Um, I, and especially like, cause both of you, I never did shit musically really, but both of yeah. you were both in signed bands. You both toured. You both grew up in a scene that I didn't get to see. So yeah, so like, pay your fucking respects. Suck my dick. How's that? <laughs> um. So like so so I'm sure Kyle has notes, but I'll, I'll start it off if that's cool. So, uh, like I want to get both your opinions on like how does it feel now that we don't have what we once had, as far as like 
how, do you, when you guys went to shows, how often was it? Like once or twice a week, maybe three times? Uh, it was more like twice a month, probably. Really? When it was at, when it was at like the height of everything, one twice a month. I would sell DVDs to pawn shops to go to shows, man. Yeah, <laughs> right, I was right. Going, I was going to shows anytime there was a show. I was either trying to work the show or like work the show or trying to find a way to get in. Yeah. Um, I was going to shows pretty religiously up until Barrow was born, really. Right. Um, and you, you yeah, that, that was that was before I was in the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So were you also traveling like Richmond, Nova, VB? And Fredericksburg, Northern Virginia, Maryland, sometimes Richmond, Fredericksburg. Uh, but Fredericksburg used to have a pop and music scene, so I didn't have to go anywhere. All the shows that like you would go to Alley Cats for, mm -hmm. they used to be at Casey's. Yeah, all the tour packages right. did that line through the state. Yeah, so yeah. it was like, dude, I could just go to Casey's instead of going to Baltimore because obviously there's radius clauses, right? So, yeah. like, if you're in a tour, touring band and a big touring band, if you're part of a big package, you can't play within X amount of miles of the last show, right? Right. So, Fredericksburg used to be, like... Which I never understood. The hardcore haven here. Like, it was crazy. It was... A, it's a centralized area between the whole East Coast. People, FSU from Massachusetts, you know, uh, you know what gorilla crew like yrc like all these crews would come and meet in fredericksburg mm -hmm. and go to the shows i mean it's all black my heart like 10 times it's all the warriors like 10 times i've seen uh, evergreen terrace casey jones uh crazy amount of bands uh, it's it's just insane how many i've seen in fredericksburg right? right so the scene the scene was different back then in the sense of it was here it wasn't elsewhere it was here Right, because so, when I was going to shows, like I had to go to Richmond all the fucking time because right. like Fredericksburg was going straight in the shitter. That, yeah, that's when it started dying. Uh, you the can thank Jim Nick started for getting that. bigger. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. You can thank the owner of Casey's for that, though. Right. So I wanted to talk about like, well, to to bounce off your question, then Luke, what about when you were in the scene, like playing? in these bands compared to the way it is now where there's, it's just dead completely. Hmm. Like what, what do you mean? Like when I was playing shows all the time? Yeah, like Cause I mean, like we all went from being in bands, going to shows, playing these shows, mm -hmm. uh, having like a shit, like especially you dude, out of anybody like you and fucking Joey having people look up to them that the way that they like you guys were like the dads of the whole music scene to us kids and then now we're just all grown up old fucking farts <laughs> yeah I mean to be honest with you, I don't miss it there was a lot of drama I hated the drama um, I've always hated drama um, but I miss the people there was a lot of really good people that I feel like made a lot of bad decisions and then they dipped and disappeared off the face of the earth or a lot of people from Fredericksburg moved to Richmond or Charlottesville like started going to school um, so that kind of what kind of split up the scene a little bit um, but I mean life outside of shows I mean I'm fine with it dude I've played enough shows in my life to where it's like yeah, I'm I'm chill. <laughs> I, I honestly miss. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with, with where I am right now. But I miss like when you would hit everybody up, not you specifically, but like 
someone would hit all of us up or we'd hit someone up and be like, yo, do you guys see this flyer? Let's let's go. And like, yo, are you going tonight? I, I miss that shit. Like, yo, are you going tonight? Cool. I'll see you. Fucking afterwards, <laughs> let's go get dinner. Like, I, I miss that shit. The yeah, I miss aspect of it. I mm. miss us being able to do all that shit in person rather than over headsets. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and and like so uh we're going to see uh Life of Agony in March, a bunch of us from Front Royal. But my cousin Brandon sent me a flyer of it and was like, yo, let's go. And I and I felt I felt like a sense of like uh nostalgia because I sent it to like two of my other friends and was like, yo, let's fucking go to this Baltimore date. And it, it was just really cool. But that's that's one thing I've fucking missed so much. Yeah. It I, I see that aspect of it for sure. I mean I miss having something to do all the time and getting out of the house. Like that was a huge part of it for me. And you know, no better way than to, you know, see some bands, you know. That that was that was cool. But I mean I honestly I was listening to Conveyor today. Like, I was just, I haven't listened to it in a really long time. I was like, man, I want to listen to this. And, like, I mean, that was a band that wasn't from here, obviously. So that was a completely different world. But being in, in like, the local scene and the local band thing, like, it was cool. But I never saw myself as being somebody that was, like, people looked up to me. Right? I just wanted to be a decent person and hang out with people and create music. Like, I didn't, I didn't really, and I never really have given a fuck what people think about me other than my people are, I care what you guys think about me, you know? And I care about like my Abby and my kids, you know, but I don't really give a fuck about what random people think about me. So I guess I never did things to try to be like a certain way. You didn't have to, bro. You were just, you were just one of the OGs of the scene. And you were, (laughs) if you look at you and like people like Joey, Joey was like, Joey was the guy you didn't fuck with. And Nick was the guy, if you had any questions about anything, you go and ask him. Because right. he's going he's gonna to spend that time with you and give you a very detailed, correct, respectful answer. Yeah, I mean, Joey, Joey will tell you, I mean, Joey brought me in when I didn't have any place to go, really. You know, right. like, and I, he and Eddie used to live together. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember making a shit ton of noise at his, his apartment or his townhouse and, uh, you know, Joey making us uh, his ranch mashed potatoes and <laughs> taking care <laughs> of us, bro. But it was just like, that's kind of like what we all did, though. You know, it's like, you know, I was homeless for a little bit out, outside of high school when I was 19. And uh, I, I I won't get into names because I really don't want to talk about them. But, you know, moving into an apartment where uh, there's like always parties every single night but they're all dudes listening like all hardcore bands like metalcore bands like it was just we were all music people right mm-hmm. and just partying every single night and like i felt like like maybe a part of me learned from that experience of you know getting drunk every night and smoking weed and you know messing around or whatever right i guess i learned from that and i didn't want people to fall into those same traps that i did you know what i mean so it's like when I saw Luke being 19 years old, right, and start hanging out with Luke, right, he needed a place to go that was an escape from the bullshit in his life. That was right. a healthy place to come to. Not, yes, we drank. <laughs> we did. Yeah, boy. And, you know, <laughs> and we, we had fun, but that was a part of growing up. That, that's, that's, I feel like if anybody says, like, 
oh man, I didn't like getting wasted and, you know, blah, 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 and hanging out with my friends and playing video games until two o'clock in the morning. You're fucking lying to yourself. That shit's fun. Okay. I still have fun doing it. Okay. But, you know, you, you have to have a place where you can come and be safe. And I feel like that's, that's kind of like what Joey was different in the first house that I was at. Um, because I knew Joey had my back. But also, I knew that Joey, if I got into some shit like that was like sketch, or if I would do something, he would put me in my place. Like, yo, Fuck dude, you're yeah. fucking up. You need to chill out. He's like, he's like, we drinking, that's cool, but don't like, don't be stupid, you know? Right. And, um, and learning from him and like his mistakes. I mean, Joey's always done me good. And I, he's more OG in this scene than I am, right? Because I moved here my junior year in high school and he's older than I am, obviously. But it was just... I think it's I the differences in the scenes, though. Because like back then, it was about violence and fucking people up and, and going nuts and destroying shit. And then like once we moved into like this newer type of scene at the time, it was just like kids that just wanted to play music. It, there was like there wasn't any violence. It was more about the music. It was more about I, I still think the violent days were about brotherhood, but it was it was in a much different way. Well, it, it, in my opinion, for that different way, like back in the day, like Nick saying, well, I never realized or like tried to be someone someone looked up to. That was just kind of like what you guys were like you guys. That's just you. you it's just who and how you guys presented yourself. And then when it got to later points, when it was like the scene was dying, it was like, how fucking cool and how hard can I be? And, a, you know, can I be the toughest guy in the fucking room? Right. And, it just, and it that's just, the difference. Yeah. And it really got to a point, too, where like I would see kids grow up in this music scene. Right. And wearing their like attack, attack T-shirts and sceny bands. Right. Right. And they would move to Richmond or start going to shows in Richmond. And then they would start wearing mad ball shirts and terror shirts and expire shirts. And then they would start talking shit on kids who were just getting into the music scene. And that always rubbed me the wrong way. And I think that that led to a big division aspect of it because it, it's almost like a gun in the right hands is safe. A gun in the bad hands is not good. And I feel like music, when you start influencing people, you, you can't just fucking talk shit because I guarantee you a year ago, you were listening to those same bands. Right. Right. And I feel like a lot of kids started to really get this mentality of that's not cool because that's not what my new family, quote unquote, is listening to. So I'm going to disassociate from everything that I was a part of in the past and just start making fun of it. And that's right. not how it should be. Right. You see, like a little kid who's just getting into music, fucking support that. Don't like, do I, do I want my kid to listen to Imagine Dragons? Fuck no. But, <laughs> But drag these balls. <laughs> yeah, but get in the music, dude. It's cool. Like, and that should be the vibe. Like, like me, dude. Again, Joey would show me like these off the wall obscure bands. He'd be like, "Yo, bro, you like I killed the prom queen? Check out the Hunt for Ida Wave." And I would go and check that out. And oh, it was like, God, that we were so good. Yeah, but we were we were more. I feel like we were more accepting of music because you have to think. Like, there's always going to be people who are like, "Man, fuck Chiodos," you know. Um. But then, you know, they would be like, this this song fucks. You know what I mean? They'd be like, I'm going to mosh to this song. 
or they were, they would find things and have fun with that shows, man. And there was always bands and people had taste and stuff, but I feel like it was more accepting back in the day than it, it became. Um, right. Whether, and that's why I said, I felt like it was much more about the music. Uh, yeah. After 100%. that, it became much more about being an image status. Like Luke said, trying to be the toughest guy in the room when really you just look like the biggest fucking douchebag in the room. Like it didn't make you cool at all. I mean, I've done some stupid shit at shows. I we mean, all have, <laughs> but trying to be the guy where you make everybody else try and be afraid of you, mm. that's, that's, they're nothing cool about it. Yeah. I just think, I think a lot of people got into the music scene and they, they exploited it for what they wanted and then they got out and that's yeah, fine. That, uh, I told Kyle something the other day or quoted from Scott Vogel from Terror. Um, it, where he was like, a lot of people take from hardcore, but what do they put back into it? Yeah, I remember you saying that. And and, and that's always like, you know, that goes to like what Nick was saying about selling DVDs or working shows. Like, you guys remember handing out flyers, mm-hmm. and like yeah. if someone was going selling to hand you a tickets, flyer, yeah, fuck. like, dude, like you, you were like, yo, come to this show, and, and you help promoted it, and in even selling tickets that whole scenario was whack as fuck, but you were like, I got to get all my fucking friends here. Like right. we, the people that played in the bands and the people that actually like helped run shows, those are the people that put back into the music, mm-hmm. not so much with just their music, but in other alleys. And, and you don't, I mean, you have that, but you don't, and, and granted it might be like that in other places. I know the Midwest now is fucking bumping for hardcore and mm-hmm. music in general. But like, it just strictly speaking, around here, it, it, you just have everybody move to fucking Richmond, man, and you know that's that's their scene now, and 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 they just allowed the one in Fredericksburg to die. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, well, we only had one person booking shows out here anyway. After what was it? My Revolution broke up and and went to Jackson Alley Cats, mm-hmm. right? Which don't get me wrong. It's because they didn't want to deal with the owner of Casey's anymore. I mean, that's that's what happened. You know, like see, I don't know enough about that. Yeah. So there was this show called Hardcore Halloween, and one step too many. Um, they brought their their crew and a whole bunch of crews, and basically it got really rowdy. Mm -hmm. And um, this girl got hit in the face with a bar stool and threatened to sue Casey's and all this stuff. And he was just like, I can't have hardcore shows anymore. So it it became more of like, I'm just not going to do it anymore versus like, Hey, we're going to have stricter security guidelines. Let's pull all the bar stools out. You know what I mean? Let's do this and be smarter about it. I mean, you have to remember too, like there were so many fights that broke out at Casey's. Oh God. Yes. There was, there were brawls that would break out. There was fights behind Casey's. Um, there'd be fights out in the front parking lot. Like there was fights in the, in the parking lot across the street. Right. But nobody was, doing security for the most part and it was like one of those things where it's like hey split it up like back up but the show's done and like I felt like I felt like it became easier at those smaller venues right because Jax is much smaller Empire is much smaller than Alley Cats right wait was that Alley Cats Empire or was Alley Cats what Alley Alley Cats was Kingdom Kingdom. so they're much smaller venues and it's easier to manage than Casey's which I've seen 5,000 people inside of Casey's. Yeah. Jesus. You know yeah. what I mean? Like crammed in there. So it's just like, 
two different worlds. But that's that what is what kind of led to the downfall in the Fredericksburg scene. And Jeremy was keeping it alive or whatever. But um, you know, as far as booking and stuff, but it's like a lot of people didn't want to go to shows at a church. You know, a lot of people didn't want to do this. A lot of people. I mean, granted, we saw murder, death, kill there. We saw serpents there, and like, yeah, we saw all these anti-god bands that who could respect (laughs) life ruiner. Yeah, but it's like all these bands that respected that this is the only place that they have here. Let's play the fucking show, right? And there were people who get pissed off. Um, a date. I remember one of them. Um, oh yeah, I heard about that one where they were like pissy. throwing beer cans and shit. Yeah, they're throwing beer bottles and stuff like that, and just what band fucking sucks. Anyways. I mean, dude, dude, it was a last minute show, and because of because of a radius clause, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. they had to move the show to Fredericksburg, and we were like, yeah, we'll take it, we'll do it, because I I helped sell tickets and all that shit for that show, and there was still like four hundred people there. It's like at, at the refuge. Yeah, yeah I saw a day to remember floor Damn. show, 400 people, bro. And it was literally a day's notice. And we were like, ticket, 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 ticket. And it was, it was before they were massive, too. It was their first album. Really? Yeah. 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 Huh. Well, uh, I, let, me, I honestly, let me go to the bathroom real quick. Cut that out, but let me go to the bathroom real quick. All right. <laughs> I, dude, I, I fucking band sucks. I've never heard a good thing about that band. As far as, dude, do you remember Is Anyone Up? Yeah. <laughs> you remember? Fuck, dude. Yeah, there's a little unlock memory for you. Holy shit. Yeah. You used to spend some time on that thing, dude. Dude. <laughs> and then you'd get the word around like, hey, so-and-so from Fredericksburg or so-and-so from Lynchburg is on there. Oh, you're like, my God, what? dude. Yeah, like I remember because uh, like Tumblr was like the, because remember we all had Tumblr. Right. Tumblr was like the notification page for Is Anyone Up? Which, right. don't get me wrong, any Is Anyone Up was very harmful to people. Absolutely. It was revenge porn. Not, yeah, it was not a good thing. But, but I was a kid. <laughs> but Tumblr was like, hey, it was like a notification, like, ding, so-and-so's dick's on there. Ding, <laughs> I just got a titty pic. Ding. And Nick, do you remember Sorry. it? Ding, uh, I just got an anonymous question telling me to hang myself. <laughs> exactly. Fuck you. Nick, do you remember Is Anyone Up? Yeah. Yeah. How fucking awful was that? Awfully awesome. What? I don't know what you're talking about. So I wanted to get into (laughs) the bands that you've been in, too. Okay. Can you get me some water real quick? Obviously, I got to ask you, what was your favorite band to be in of all time? My favorite band? To be in. Mm. That's, That's tough. Because, I mean, obviously, you went the furthest with Conveyor. You got mm-hmm. to see the world with Conveyor. Yeah, but I didn't build Conveyor. You right. also... That was it. also a business. You right. signed into a band that was doing big shit on a big label, and that was a business. So, like, mm-hmm. then you have the bands where we were just local dudes in Fredericksburg right. where we had our fun. Yeah, because so, I, I mean, I also was, I mean, I was in bands in 2006 in, in Texas, you know, because I, I left Virginia. I always and, forget you went and, to Texas. And moved to Texas and I was touring there. Right. Um, and that was what like. What was the, that band? Thank you, B. Uh, that band was called Of Sound and Fury. You can't really find anything online. I don't even have any of the songs, but that band was my first band and it was a lot of fun, but I had no money. Like in touring when you have no money fucking sucks. It's horrible. Um, True. And, fucking horrible 
you know, and I did that for a couple of years uh, between that band and then uh, Donna May, which became Messengers. Ugh, um, Donna May, that's what I couldn't remember. Yeah, and and they became the Messengers, the hardcore band. Um, I would, dude, to be honest with you, I think I was the. I'll put it this way: I was the most proud of Fragile Hands. Yeah, um, I know you were. Fragile yeah, Hands was because sick. that was. That that's that's where I had like the most room to grow and the the most room to have whatever I wanted it to be. That's how it was going to be type thing. And then until I brought in, uh, you know, we got Dan on guitar, um, old Dan, and Dan started writing stuff. And dude, Dan Gibbs is probably one of the coolest fucking dudes in the world. Uh, for sure, that kid, love for sure. It was it was really cool to like just write music and and release it and you know that's honestly what helped me get into conveyor right but that's also how conveyor got signed <laughs> was fragile hands um, really yeah so fragile hands uh we only put out that one demo and it got some traction and we actually i was contacted by somebody from victory to, and they wanted us to go showcase and i was talking to him on the phone talking to him email stuff like that i was like hey man like I really appreciate this, but we haven't even played a show. Like, so for us to come showcase, it's not going to be what I want to present you type thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he was like, Hey man, I appreciate that. It's really cool that you understand that. And you want to be smart about it. You know, keep me posted with music. Right. And I told the guys from conveyor what was going on. I was like, yo, like they're looking for a melodic hardcore band. Cause I was buddies with them online and, you know, stuff like that. And like, obviously I met them when I was in Endeavor. Um, but you know, it was really cool to, to see. It's like, you know, Hey Nick, you want to come help us write a record? Yeah, dude, all for it. I'll I'll be, I'm down. And I flew out there, helped them write an album. And it was literally my second day there. Hey Nick, you want to sign the victory Records? (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, uh, let's get a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh and looking at the contracts and stuff but it it was it was wild i, I want to say fragile just that era of fragile hands the conveyor is probably my my most fun but every band that i've ever been in has been fun and the people have all been fucking awesome i've never not enjoyed people that i play music with i wish I, go ahead oh i was just gonna say i really liked i am barricadian that was the first time i met yes. nick and, and that band was just Oh God, it was so good. So I loved IAB too, but that came from a pretty dark place for me mentally because mm-hmm. every song was written about nightmares I used to have, right? Um, and that's how I coped with my nightmares and like all this shit. So, um, but IAB started off as a solo project. It was supposed to be like a heavy melodic hardcore band, like it prevails. The meets I, I, I couldn't even tell you. It was just like whatever I wanted to write, and because I was writing it by myself. Mm-hmm. And then I started bringing in other people and it became this metalcore band. And that's, it, it wasn't what I w- initially set out to do. And that's why eventually, cause I was going to do IAB and Endeavor. Um, but you know, that way I had kind of like the best of both worlds type thing. But then like I was touring with Endeavor like 80 to hundred dates a year, you know what I mean? So it just became too much, but IAB that, EP is probably one of my favorite EPs I've been a part of or albums I've been a part of for sure. 
Mm-hmm. That was a fucking banger. I met fun. you when you were just in Mercy Screams, correct? Because mm-hmm. I don't even think Today We Fight was a thing yet. Today We Fight was like, oh, eight. Yeah, they would have. That yeah. would have been. Yeah, that would have been right after I came in. Yeah, because you were still playing bass for Mercy Screams. Yeah, it was. That was one of those things where it's like, hey Nick, uh, you want to just play bass for us because we need a bass player? Okay. Hey, I live with you, so fuck it. You know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we had a lot of really cool shows with that band too. That was that was a lot of fun. I but, wish that we would have got to see Cadences do more things. Cadences was going to be really cool. But I mean, you have to think too that that's me and Sean. We started messing around with Cadences. And then when I started messing around with Fragile Hands and like spitballing ideas with him, you know, that's what Cadences became. Right. I remember that. But you have to also remember too know your worth. It was supposed to be you, me, Sean, and Luke at one point. Yep. And Sonny. And then. Wasn't Jacob supposed to be a part of Fragile Hands? Jacob who? Ashton? No. What band was he supposed to be a part of? I was doing like a weird project when I was learning to record, and we were going to do this thing called Crimson Earth. Mm, I remember you guys talking about that. Yeah, but it, it didn't take off because I started really focused on Fragile Hands stuff. Yeah, I remember you and him coming to my house one time and all of us jamming. He was in a band with Tony Trustworthy that... Never really took off, but they were called Decade. Yeah. Um, but that was like, oh my god, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, somewhere around there. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, because I came in around oh seven. Like my first show was Cleansing Fest. Yeah, damn, what a first Cleansing. show to have. That show oh. was insane, bro. Casey's I, was packed the fuck out, bro. I feel like that was and, a, that would have been a shell shock for you. And stick to your guns. guns. They played this as more like three times. For the intro <laughs> and the outro, and both times, the dog pile touched the ceiling of the venue, dude. They slowed it down at the end of the set. Oh, that's why so good. Dude, that show was fucking nuts. Yeah, First time I met wild. Mitch Luker. Rest in peace. Yeah, I got to meet him and talk to him that night, too. I also mm-hmm. got a signed drumstick from Alex. Nice. Yeah, that was that was a dope night. Yeah. So let's talk about you got any questions, Luke? I want to talk about touring next. Okay. Uh would you get rid of the couch for Nick? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was ahead. too big and it was falling apart. It was a goddamn treasure. It was a national treasure. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um no, I'm gonna I'm gonna you guys toured more than me. I uh ran merch and shit, so I uh I'm gonna Yeah, but you were a part this. of it. Eh. Dude, that Harry Potter tour, in my opinion, is still my favorite tour I've ever been on. And that was only like a, what, five show stint? You guys were just way more, you guys, okay, so, the shit you guys did on tour, I didn't (laughs) even do when I was 19 years old touring. Now, don't get me wrong. Nice. Now, don't get me wrong. We did some stupid shit. But we didn't do firecrackers while we're going down the road. We didn't do any of that crap. It was like, Hey, we're going to play because we had this old conversion van, the first band I toured in, and we had a flat screen TV that we spent all of our money to get mounted in there. Like we mounted it ourselves with like two by fours and shit. <laughs> and we had an Xbox 360 and we would play Call of Duty like going down the road. That's why it was so weird to go on tour as Endeavor's merch guys because I'm oh so used God. to like chaotic, nuts, fucking balls to the wallness. And then you get in your van and it's just everybody's like, 
Yeah, dude. Before <laughs> I went on tour, the heater doesn't work. Oh no, sweating God. your nuts off because the fucking AC didn't work yeah. either. Yeah, I'm yeah, pissed. That van Luke was... got the fucking summer tour, and I got the dead middle of winter tour. That van was rough, dude. So before I went on tour with Conveyor, Kyle was like, "Hey, man, it's not like when we went on tour with Harry Potter." <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean?" He was like, "You'll see." And I, so I was like, "Whatever." And uh, like half the tour, I'm like, "No one's car moshed yet. Like, what's going on here?" <laughs> And everybody's just like, oh, you know, on their phone. But like, I rode shotgun with Nick like 90% of that tour. And we, dude, we had a lot of fun on that Endeavor tour. The back half was a little rough because, fuck, do you remember that guy in Boston, Nick, that was like, he was like, hey, I got you guys beer. And I was like, fuck, yes, finally. He's like, are you 21? And I was, no. He's like, you're not drinking in my house. (laughs) You remember that, dude? Mm hmm. Fuck that guy. I yeah. don't remember his name, but he, dude, I was like, you, you're kidding me, right? And Nick was like, come on, we'll go outside. <laughs> I, I'm not, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Massachusetts. Uh, Fuck no. But, uh, yeah, dude, the, the tours we went on were great. Like, so like Harry Potter, it was like whatever. Cause we were kind of like piggybacking off. Cause you guys had a trailer and we were driving around in my, my wife's, uh, SUV. Yeah. It was a Mazda. It was an orange Mazda with a turbo on that bitch. Yeah, that thing and it had like leather seats and bow speakers. Yeah. It was nice, but at the same time it's like, there's three people crammed in the back. I'm the only one driving. At the end of that tour, I popped my knee and my knee's like mm-hmm. swollen like a watermelon I was and I'm driving beach. home like... <laughs> yeah, it was when you tried to headwalk. Yeah, I have a confession about that car. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought I flicked a cigarette out one time and it flew back in and burned a small hole in the seat. That's fine. It was totaled anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, there it goes. Yeah. But then, <laughs> but the tours I feel that, better. <laughs> the, tour, the tours we went on with me, with you, Kyle, right? So we'll talk about that one. So the tour with Kyle was so memorable to me because when we got to Mammy's house, yeah, we were, at, memory. we were at Jim's Jim's grandma's house and she has like all of these subway sandwiches laid out for us. <laughs> like she gave us a box with like different colognes in it. Like shout out drug cut in a while, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> Cause I mean, dude, I guess we all stunk. Um, but naturally <laughs> good. Chance but, of it. <laughs> you know, that, that night w- I will always remember me and him sitting in recliners. Everybody else is upstairs because he and I were the only ones that smoked. So downstairs, had uh an exit to the garage mm-hmm. so we would lay down talk a little bit go out smoke and then go back and forth but it was like super we cold got down those the recliners basement. bro yeah oh, and we were fuck. just talking about as we tend to do when it's just me and kyle mm-hmm. just getting into shit and breaking stuff down you know we haven't had like a heart to heart like that in a long time no, but man, think, and when we were on the road together, we would have them all the time. Like uh, that time we got stuck out of the church at Lynchburg for yep. three fucking hours, just yep. you and I shooting the shit. Yeah, and that's that's a that's always been you and me. I feel like, man, like as far as like music, whatever aside, it's always like, hey, man, I gotta get some shit off my chest, right? And you you know, we always looked at each other for like, what do you think? Without saying, hey, what do you think? Or right. what, what's your opinion? You know what I mean? And that's the same thing with like Luke, right? Luke's Luke the friend I, that'll punch you in the nose and make you bleed. <laughs> the tour the tour with Luke, 
the tour with Luke was his first real tour, I think. The uh, Iron Bear or the fucking the Harry, Harry Potter tour. tour was the first one, but that one wasn't like super long. I'm saying like a like a longer stretch where we're we, going. We did Lynchburg, Virginia Beach, Fredericksburg, uh, and outside of Virginia Waldorf, Beach Maryland. was Maryland. Maryland, Maryland. Fuck that show. Yeah, uh, we we did like a we did a like place four or five dates. We did yeah. a place close to Virginia Beach because before him played that night. I remember that picture because yeah. Kyle was in the back with his arms like that. Where was the place where we played in that little outside shed thing? Was that, that was the in Maryland Philly. Day? No, that was in Philly, wasn't it? No, that was this in was Endeavor the Harry Potter. No, the, Mar- the, the Maryland date was at a, a venue that had like a black and white checkerboard. Yeah, it was floor. like a strip club almost, and the guy was a cunt. Yeah, yeah we no, we played a venue on that Harry Potter tour where it was like this little outside shack. Very nice family that had us there. There wasn't a lot of people. It was more of us in the tour package than there was people that was watching the show. But Are you I don't sure that wasn't the was. first night that before him played? It had to have been. Yeah, because it was that. Because if we, we went... didn't play, if we didn't play the uh, the normal place we played at in Virginia Beach, then it had to be there. Well, we played Virginia Beach the last night. That was the last night of the tour, and I think we, I think it went, uh, fucking. Close to Virginia Beach, Waldorf, Maryland, uh, Lynchburg, Virginia Beach. We played. We played Richmond. the The first show. Richmond. The first there you go. So it was a five. It was a five uh, okay, dayer yeah. then. Yeah, because I think we ended it in Fredericksburg, didn't we? We ended it in no, Virginia. Virginia Beach. Beach. It was Fredericksburg, then Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah because that was the show that, with serpents. That after that was when we broke down on the side of the road and Jordan took a shit and it rolled across the interstate. Yeah, and I we, did. You, did we tell you that, Nick? He no. like shit out in the <laughs> middle of the interstate, and we were so bored. We just watched cars roll over it, and it would just be like tumbling <laughs> like a tumbleweed <laughs> for like at least an hour. Did we play Charlottesville on that tour? Mm. We only played five shows. Okay. Mm-mm. So you I go. I mean, so. you go from doing these little small stints to playing I mean how long were the conveyor tours two weeks Mm-mm. no well, those the one were, I went on the one tour. I went on was on two weeks you didn't tour with, uh, with conveyor oh I thought you we did endeavor. the endeavor tours sorry. yeah yeah sorry I, I I just similar errors at the end um no but but yeah the, the tour with Luke sorry we got sidetracked the tour with Luke was memorable just because he's my little brother you know then like getting to share that with him was really cool and special. And like, I don't know that that was something that at that point I was doing for like six years, seven years, and then getting to share that with him. It was just really cool. Um, we, we had good times. I moshed my yeah. dick off that tour too. Oh dude, you always <laughs> got to mosh hard when you're the merch guy. Kyle, were you on tour table. with us when we played the little shed in Tennessee? Yep. Dude, yep. That's probably one of my favorite shows ever. That was one of the most insane shows I've ever seen. It was only like 20 people in this shed that's like half the size of my living room. <laughs> Dude, it was fucking nuts. It was See, so fun. This is like the shit that I was so mad and I have no idea why I even fucking continued to work at Food Lion. I, I, you know, if I could go back and tell myself like it's not worth it, I missed out on all this shit. Because honestly, no bullshit. I could have went on every fucking tour either of you guys went mm-hmm. on. Oh my and, god! And if it was me and you as the merch guys on an Endeavor tour, that would have oh been my god, fucking dude. sweet. 
Uh, now, Luke don't get me wrong. Merch, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the point I was bringing up. I might not be, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think my bands were decent, but I can sling fucking merch, dog. You probably just threaten people the whole time. <laughs> Do you want your family to die? Or would you like this nice <laughs> Endeavor shirt for $10? Two for 15 What's up? Yeah, so, so going from those bands, right, to doing like 80, like Endeavor was the, the biggest touring dates that I had done since 2006, right? Mm-hmm. And doing like 80 to 100 shows a year to doing 150. Uh, it was pretty wild. That's a lot, man. Plus, you were playing Big Fest, too, weren't you? We were playing Big Fest, but it's like, I remember we did one tour. It was like January tour, because it was like right after New Year's, I flew out to Minnesota, uh, got hammered drunk, (laughs) Uh, and then the very next day, we left for tour. Um, But it was like, dude, like 30 dates that one. Then I came home for two weeks and then I went back out again for another month long tour. Um, and it just started getting tough. Like that, that those back to back stretches were, were pretty rocky. And then we took like a couple months off and then we, I was supposed to do a Canadian tour with them. And, uh, it was one of those things where I, I had to stay home because like helping out with the girl with, uh, with Vera at the time and all this stuff. But yeah, the, the life, between those two bands were drastically different because you went from playing like a shed right mm-hmm. to it's like every show has at least most so we'll put it this way most of the shows it went from sorry being like maybe like one good show a tour to like 75 to 85 percent every show being good so how many people do you think the biggest crowd you ever played in was in front of about tree fitty no mine was definitely sold out upstairs of the canal club for that metal hardcore fest yeah i want to probably like a probably like a thousand that's a lot of fucking people that's a lot of people probably probably like five to a thousand somewhere around it was big but i mean it was a big fest you know what i mean like I, i i couldn't tell you how many people were there all i know is the stage was gigantic it was the biggest stage i'd ever been on it was like a warp tour stage and that was pretty intimidating um is that I mean, the is that from the picture of you wearing that victory Records shirt that was a different tour different fest but it was equally as big because it was the same people that did them gotcha. um but yeah playing like big stages and stuff like that you would think would be fucking awesome you can't hear anything like you have to have in ears to play like big oh, yeah. stages like that, and we didn't have in ears because we didn't play shows like that. So right. it's like you have to remember, like from where the drummer is to the front of the stage, it's like twenty twenty five feet, maybe, maybe like twenty. But then like you can't turn your amps up very loud because they have everything mic'd up a certain way, and blah, blah. so you have to stand by your your monitor. Once you move from that monitor, you can't hear anything. And I hated that <laughs> because I like, I, I like DIY shows where it's like, Hey, uh, can you turn down your guitar? Yeah. It's all the way down right now. Meanwhile, I didn't touch it at all. Right. And like, <laughs> I liked being, I think that's one thing that I loved about Endeavor is we just wanted to be really loud and big. And John wanted to hit really hard to make every single hit on his drum set, super consistent 
And um, I don't just think he knew to how big. to be inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he's a beast, man. But he he always practiced like making every hit matter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like because we wanted to play louder and be louder and you know bigger. And I think that's I, I feel like Endeavor just wasn't understood. The, their uh, their album they released uh last year or the year before under Reap and So that album is probably one of the best melodic metalcore albums I have ever heard in my life. It's insanely good. Uh, I, and uh, it will never get listened to. I I agree with you. They weren't understood, like, but the people that did understand them, like you could tell that that music was good because of all corners was passionate. Oh yeah. You know what I'm does that make sense when I say that? Oh yeah. You know, because yeah. like everybody really gave a fuck about what they were playing. Yeah, and, like and even before cool. I was in the band, like watching them play and stuff when I was in Iron Barricadian, I was really excited to watch them because I mean that's that's like my favorite type of stuff, like heavy and melodic, you know what I mean? Right. But but yeah, drastically different experiences between like the local level and then being like signed, man. I mean, because conveyor wasn't huge. Um, you know, but it definitely was the biggest band I, I was a part of for sure. So you got anything you want to get into Luke or you want to get into the next thing? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm good. Nick's answered all my questions that I like thought of for the past Same. couple of days. So yeah, I was just checking to make sure. Um, what's your biggest memory being in music? Then we'll move on. My biggest Some, memory? Something that tops everything else. When we were, when I was in Conveyor, we had, uh, we were playing in Indiana. And uh, this kid, he was like a, an exchange student from China. Um, he came up to us and uh, he was talking to us about, you know, music or whatever and how uh, the Chinese government basically blocks the internet. And they have like their own internet, right? Mm-hmm. And he had access to the internet, the Chinese internet here, and he was able to log in stuff like that. And he he showed us that we were the top melodic hardcore band in China. And I thought that that was the coolest thing in the world—a place all the way across the globe. At one point, <laughs> like we we were like the band. Uh, no I, thought, shit. I thought that that was the coolest fucking thing to where it's like, you know, if we were to play there, probably 80% of the crowd wouldn't understand a word we said. Right. And then we wouldn't understand a word that they said at all. Right. And music can just speak to people for all the way across the world. And I think that's, I think that's what it's all about. It's like, you can write something that inspires people or, you know, empowers them. If somebody comes up to you and is like, Hey man, like this song helped me get through depression or help me you know not kill myself which i've had that happen before and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of why we write to write right pain makes the best music and uh everything that i write whether it's i i i b or even today we fight there there is a a, a darkness to all of it at some points um and i feel like that that makes the best music that really resonates with people and uh yeah, that that has to be probably one of the the best memories of my music. That's fucking awesome. Career. Yeah. So, That's sick. time to talk about Luke's bachelor party. Yeah, yeah. What, what? So that's one of the big reasons why we wanted to have you on today. 
is because <gasps> Luke is like, yo, we need to get this shit figured out. So I was like, yo, let's do an episode. Yeah. So we're going to New Haven. We are. New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah, and for people on. that are going to listen to this and go, why the fuck are you going there? <laughs> pizza. Zah. Yeah. We're going on the pizza tour 2023. There's also the glizzies there. Yeah. And apparently there's a glizzy scene. Really? I'd also oh, like yeah. to dip, dip my toe into that as well. Yeah. Have you Plus ever seen the, the vulgar like chef on, you ever seen the vulgar chef on Instagram? No. He's from up there, but he like, always like I hate Instagram now dude yeah it's like you get you get one post from somebody you follow and then 13 posts of people that you don't even follow before you get to the next one yeah thanks luck so so have you decided what like how you want to go about the traveling with this so I haven't gotten dates which I'm not going to bore people on the podcast no I mean like on dates but because um, we talked about different ways of getting there. So uh, I definitely just feel like I'm going to drive up um, okay. because I'd like to pit stop in Philly. Okay. Um, one thing I'd really like to tackle, and I will uh, bring up the actual person. So I'd like to go to Philly. I've never, uh, I've never gotten like a Philly cheesesteak from Philly, and I'm sure they're overrated, but like I'd like to actually go. They're not. And get one. They're not overrated. But like, where'd you get it at? Uh, Gino's, Pat's. Okay, Gino and Pat's. Those are the two big ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, but the was it Tommy Luke's or Tony Luke's is the best place to go or something. There's like some mom and pop ones that they always say, go to this one instead. Gino's is the one that we heard was the best because obviously it's the biggest name right. next to Pat's. So those, I thought Pat's had more fat in their meat. Um, as to where Gino's was pretty authentic, uh, you got to go in, you got to say what you want. Don't put your hand over the glass, or they're gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> um, and, and get the fuck out of the line. Right. You can only pay with cash. Ooh, get in, I, get the I like fuck that. out. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And and so. behind you while you're in line doing this is nothing but famous people that have come to. Their their place. No shit. That's yeah. pretty tight. I, I'd be down to try that. And <laughs> this like, says the best one is John's roast pork eh. in Philly. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's mom and pops out there that are going to stomp the shit out of these places. But these obviously have built a bigger name. Right. So I'm I'm feeling like we we might need to spend the night in Philly. I that because was kind of my recommendation. Because here's my thought on it. Um, like, maybe sub for lunch, sub for dinner. Try two different spots. Compare them. Hello? Um, but there is a girl in Philly. Her name's Carly Nicole Art is her Twitter tag. And she's a tattooist there. A, a tattoo artist, whatever. There. And I bought a painting off her. And I, she's really good. And I was like, why don't we all just go get a like a pizza tattoo? So I figured, cool. you know, that would be tight. Um, you know, just a little fucking banger that we could all get. And uh I would like to see if we could hook that up. Okay. Um, and then that would be a good reason to stay the night because, you know, let's say five of us go, there's eight total and maybe like uh 
the Brandon's going to be our officiant, so he might roll with us. It just depends. I know not everybody can make it, and, and that's cool. But like, let's say minimum of five. You know, five people getting tattooed. That's at least five hours, at least. Um. So, you know, I think it would be cool to do that. Okay, so it sounds like we would need to get to Philly pretty early. Yeah, it's I'd almost like we, we need a fucking cheesesteak for breakfast. Yeah, which I'm down with. I'll eat a cheesesteak in. I'm totally down to anytime. disrespect the fuck out of my body. <laughs> oh, I will. I'm gonna be, I, dude. I might even puke so I can eat other food. <laughs> I know that sounds gross, but you know you need to get it in when you can get it in. I mean, it's a bachelor party, bud. You got to make it authentic. So, so we go to Philly early morning. Cheesesteaks throughout the day and night, tattooed by this chick. If you can pull it, um, are you the one that wants to hit her up about it, or you want us to? I can hit her up about it once I talk to the group chat and make sure everybody's cool with it. Okay. Do you want to do like one big name, one mom and pop cheesesteak? Yeah, that would work. That'd be tight. Okay. So you got to pick between Geno's or Pat's. Uh, Flip a fucking coin, man. I don't care. Okay. I want to try a coin. Yeah. Then we'll have to figure out uh, a really good mom and pop like Nick just found. Yeah, and we can also fucking like tour tour around, you know. Oh, dude, like, they have Main Street there is yeah. really fun. I'm gonna wear my Penguins jersey there. They had a comic Getting store, a bunch of fights that I went to when we went there. It was a lot really of fun. so. Oh, yeah, Nate, dude. Nate, that's in my wedding. Nick knows him. You don't, but you will. Uh he's huge in the fucking comic books. So. Well, I don't know if it's still there. It might be. I mean, I hope it is. That way, you know, because like it'd be nice for everybody to get their own thing out of this, you know? Right. You know what would be sick, dude, is there's a show at the Electric Factory that we could go to that night. Oh, yo. Because that venue rules. Yeah. I'd I'd even be down to look into that. Or if there's a show at all during the week that we could go to. Yeah. Okay. That'd be be dope to go to a show, all of us. So I I guess what we should figure out or what you should let us know is how many days is this going to turn into? Bro, I'm either I'm either leaving on a Monday, Tuesday, and I'm not coming back till like Sunday. Okay, this is a this is a week fiasco. How many days do you want to be in New Haven? I guess that's the, that's going to be the easiest way to figure this out. Uh, so let's say we left on a Monday, Tuesday. I want to be in New Haven. Wait, what? By that, so if we left Virginia on Monday, get to Philly and hang out and all that other shit, I want to be in New Haven by at some point on Tuesday. So you want to skip New York altogether? Oh, you don't want fuck, you don't want to hit the Brooklyn scene. I mean, we can, but how far is That's Brooklyn from New Haven? It's how on far the is... way. Yeah, but probably how like two and a half hours. You got to so go stop through there? New York you gotta, City. You got to remember this: the the air. Once you get to like DC, everything mm-hmm. is like two hours away. All the big cities are like two hours away. Yeah, bro, we are a straight shot up ninety five to hit Philly, New York City, New Haven. All right, well, then let's do that because then we could fucking, we can hit Philly. We'll wake up at like, what, eight, nine o'clock at the latest, drive two hours, hit lunch in Brooklyn, go get pizza or do something, look around. Because honestly, I haven't been to New York since the Trade Center was still up. So it's been a long fucking time. I've um, never not been that, to the city. I've never not been that to I'm the like, city. We not always that I'm like, skirts. <laughs> like uh, oh, I need to go to New York City. You guys know I'm not the type of person that's like, I need I'm to good go to the not city. going. Be nice I'm to drive to through. Go. Yeah, we can go and stop. I mean, if there's something cool in Brooklyn, let's look into that. We don't have to 
set that in stone. But you know, while we're trying to go, we can fucking look things up. You know, well, we so could easily, you- yeah, we could easily go to Philly, stay the night in Philly. The next day, we wake up, we drive to New York City, get lunch or something in New York City, and then by dinner time, we're oh, in New Haven. Dude, we could go to a deli. Yeah, so ma- all right, so maybe we should do Philly stay the night, New York City, Brooklyn area stay the night, and then two to two and a half full days in New Haven. Do we have to stay the night in Brooklyn? Because I really I'm don't want to stay the night. I'm just saying, if you want it, well, it doesn't have to be Brooklyn. It could be outskirts after the city on the way to New Haven. Or if somebody's feeling froggy, they'll just do the drive while everybody fucking passes out from a coma. Well, bro, I'm not saying we're going to be in Brooklyn for fucking like 10 hours. I'm saying we go, we drive from Philly, fucking, you know, stop in Brooklyn, get lunch, finish to drive to New Haven and, and be there that night. Cool. Because I don't, I don't want to stay in New So you want to do like three to four days of New Haven? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of pizza places in New Haven. Dog. There is. Yeah. I mean, we're really, I don't, I don't want to feel rushed. That's my whole thing. I don't want my day to be rushed. Okay. I don't want yeah, to be like, I mean, there's also go the pizza. fact that like, like if there's a show in Boston, we could easily get to Boston. If there's a, sh- it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, everything is so fucking close. Like right. New Haven to Boston, I think it's like an hour and a half. Like it's not bad. So it's like, there's shit that we could do that isn't just food because like, obviously we're going to eat our food and then it's like, okay, let's find something to do while we're in New Haven. Yeah. You know cause I mean? we can't just eat pizza for fucking 12 hours a day. We're going to have to find <laughs> I wish something I to do. Yeah, I wish I had the stomach for all this because I would just be pizza place after pizza place after pizza place. Well, but, I mean, if you think about it, if we're all going into this massive pot of buying pizza, you go one, two slices a place. Think about it. That's like three or four places in one stop. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, well, definitely, like some places you can't order by the slice. Yeah. But no, what I'm saying is like, okay, let's say our total count is eight heads, right? Right. A normal pizza is eight slices. Mm-hmm. So it's true. You I mean, get if we got two eight people coming. We're gonna have to like rent a van or something, dude. You get two fucking pies. That's two slices that you get. I highly doubt eight people are gonna come. <laughs> Not for the full week, I would imagine. No, I don't like. I I know you two, me. Uh, I think Brian and Nate. So it's five. I think my cousin is coming. And then I doubt my buddies from here would go, which is no big deal. I don't really think that's going to be their thing. But, um, you know, I think we take two cars. We'll be fine. Oh, yeah. In all honesty. So. um, But, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just don't want to go to Connecticut and us be like, oh, we go to like two of the main ones like Pepe's and Sally's or Mod or whatever. Oh, no, we got to hit everything above an eight. Yeah, and I really want to like. I, I want to go get some fucking food, man. And, and and then I also wouldn't like. I wouldn't mind like actually finding uh something to do. Well, I told you, I, I want. I definitely want to drive by Yale. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, just to but say I, I, I am down. I am down to see if there's a show or whatever. And Nate knows a lot of people throughout mm-hmm. there, so. Oh, there you, know, you we go. Definitely, yeah, we could definitely hook something up. Hopefully. Actually, I could totally see if Abby would just let me use her uh, her SUV that seats seven. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Tight, tight butt cheeks. All, so yeah, all, I mean, all leather seats, all comfort. Yeah. <laughs> Can I smoke my weed in there? 
Mm, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it's your best authority. No. What type of uh, hotels are you trying to stay at? I'd like to be Airbnb, personally. Okay. I think that would be easier to split. Okay. And then they're like in like late May, early June, I think it would be easier. Okay. Other than being like, oh, our hotel room's on the third floor, well, ours is on the sixth, and we're right. fucking, hey, are you guys up? Or, hey, like, where are you? Or, which room is yours? We can't get in. I lost my fucking key. Like, eh. Okay. So, and then we, you know, I'm not, I'm not cooking breakfast. I'm not cooking shit. No, I'm eating that, pizza dude. the whole no, goddamn time. Yeah. We're going to go get food. <laughs> I want to, I want to hate pizza by the time we leave. Well, the thing is, is like, I'm sure some of these places have to have a line, right? Uh, I don't know. Cause when Chance went, uh-huh. there were no lines. When did he go? What time of year? It was well after uh portnoy was there and everything blew up no no no. i mean like what time of year was it winter uh it was last summer mm, summertime hmm. it's weird well i mean we could see he we was able to go is. to pepe's and that place that got the very first 10 from portnoy and there was no line i don't think portnoy has a 10 big dog yeah mm-hmm. i promise you he does i don't think so i'm gonna argue that one on you All let's right. let me hear it um keep talking i'll it's bring it up so uh so Dave, you know Barstool Sports. Yeah, I know. I know you guys have told me, but oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, I, I don't know where the places are. So it's in Connecticut, New Haven, and it's um, it's like Sally's, Pepe's, and I can't remember a bunch of them. But like Nate's wife is from that area, so like she's gonna kind of like get us a list of what spots that um, let's see, like. I think within like a 30 minute range of where we'll be staying, she's going to help me find like, I'm, I'm going to nail a lot of details down. Uh, me, her and Nate and Gabby are going to go to dinner soon and we're going to get like a lot of information. Nice. Yeah. So I think that'll really help us along. But other like, I'm not asking for like, I don't need like a big party or any of that bullshit. Like, I just want to go enjoy my time and hang out. Yep. Honestly, I think that would be, I mean, other people coming cool but if it ends up just being us three that's cool too why well, I, I know for fact nate's gonna come well and nate's I, good be- oh, i'm just Brian. saying like it i think it'd be it's it's good to spend time with your dude friends for x amount of days just to fucking clear your head for everything that's going absolutely on. get away yeah, from right. work and all that other yeah. shit ready? what's the word over there cosmo you ready yeah It's glitchy, bro. It's because of the wind. You're going to hear his voice. Can you hear it, Nick? Mm. He went, mm. He's not talking yet. One bite. Everybody knows the rules. In the history of pizza reviews, this lives up to all the hype. Everybody, everything everybody's been saying about the pizza, the sauce, the crisp, the texture, this is the best pizza I've had during my pizza reviews. Whoever was saying Monty's is the best, Monty's is a 10, they're right. I trust them to the grave. I recommend you get to Monty's and Lynn as a pizza expert, as the champ of pizza, as the king of pizza, as the man who tastes pizza for a living, team pizza or die, Monty's is a 10. Really? Is that yeah, in New Haven? So, 
after hearing this when it initially dropped, it kind of sounds like he was paid to say that. Yeah, because it didn't sound like one of the authentic reviews. I have heard him multiple fucking times. Anytime, especially when he has someone with him, he's like, you can't give it a 10 because what if you can't say it's the greatest pizza you've ever had and give it a 10 because what if later down the line you have something that's better? Then well, what is he it? was saying he was saying like because he he's done so many of these, mm-hmm. he feels like he's able to hand out a 10 finally. Well, fuck him, you know, because here I am betting against him and and he goes out and breaks his own fucking rule. But is it in New Haven? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is because Chance got it. I'm looking it up now. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, like, a, you know, Nick, you've had, you've had Wooster Street. Yep. So you know how that pizza is up there. And mm-hmm. I, and I had it too, but I don't remember it being anything to write home about. And it might've yeah, just good, been but that it's all about spot. the It's all about the fried pickles and the wings there, man. Oh my God. They were so good. Yeah, those killer but dollars like, are fired. It, like in my fucking brain, I don't remember that pizza looking like what all the ones I want to go to look like. I don't remember them looking the same. It's good though. It, it oh yeah, good. yeah, for sure. It's not. It's not like God tier or anything, but it is good. I would okay, love so to go it's... there just to get killer dealers and bail out. <laughs> so it's in Lynn, Massachusetts. So that can't be far from New Haven, right? No. I'm about to look no. it up now. Leonard, like Leonard, Massachusetts. <laughs> this shit is nine hours away, bud. <laughs> oh well, that's out from here. <laughs> no, I'm saying yeah, from here. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it from. It's ah, shit. It's a three hour drive from New Haven. Really? Mm. Yeah. Oh, is New Haven by the sure by the by the water? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right on the water. It's literally spitting distance from New York City. I want to say it's yeah. maybe a two-hour drive from New York City. That's what yeah. you guys said. It's two hours here, here, here. I went up there multiple times, obviously, but because we uh, recorded in Connecticut. I'm going to look up New York City from New Haven. Hour and a half. I mean, I'm down. So, I mean, to get to New Haven from here, Obviously, it takes some time, but the way that we're going to break it up and fill it with a bunch of shit is going to be dope. Right. I completely agree. I think it's going to be... I just, like I said, the, my main thing is I do not want to be rushed. I don't want to be time crunched to fucking go somewhere. That oh, shit yeah. bothers me. Which is why I think me. leaving on a Monday is going to be our best bet. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Boston's so, two hours away. Okay. Can we I'm agree on a hotel in Philly, though? If I can do get Airbnb need, cheaper. Do we need to do Airbnb for a well, one-nighter? Which, whichever one's cheaper. Okay. I mean, why do you... I've never you stayed feel... at an Airbnb. So is that why you're like, can we get a hotel? No, I'm I'm, I'm trying to ask you what you want. Oh, oh well, I mean, like, I whichever one's... I either way, bro. Whichever one's cheaper. It, um, okay. Like, a hotel might be cheaper, and honestly... If we fucking book like a room and I have to sleep on an air mattress, I don't give a fuck. It's, well, it's literally, you know, I mean, literally no big deal. I would too in a car. As that long as I can shower, seven. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. So we'll we'll iron that out. Um, and I'll I'll go ahead and start looking that and then throw it in the group chat. Do Airbnbs have hot water tanks or are they on like a hot water system like hotels are? They're on hot water tanks, I'm sure, because it's usually people's house. 
We we'll have to split up showers. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, just take a five minute shower, bro. In out. You ain't gotta sit in. The, you gotta take a tour shower, dude. Tour showers, bro. Tour showers a fucking me, hose spigot. Let me tell you guys something. Nick, you remember that house we stayed at where I was like, yo, ask the dude to get me beer and John got mad at me? Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you remember his shower in his basement? No. Bro. I, I've showered in some sketchy-ass showers, but... I have never been so grossed out to step on a floor. I used four towels at this kid's <laughs> house. Jesus Christ. To get... I, dude, it was disgusting. Like, thinking about it... Because my, my memory might be a bit skewed, but thinking about it made me want to fucking throw up. I'm trying to remember where that was. Uh, I think it was... Wherever it was, the county was dry. I think it was up north somewhere. In, like, Connecticut or something like mm. that. It might have been Connecticut. I'm almost positive. But I remember it was fucking... I was no, because like, we were in Connecticut. We were staying at Greg's house the where we were recording. The studio? Yeah. Yeah. I don't it know, bro. It wasn't that place. I, I can't remember. All I know is I still didn't get my I remember a fucking shower being 40. in the basement, but I don't remember what it was like. That guy Maybe still I didn't, didn't shower. get my beer. Fucking piece of shit. So, well, yeah. I mean, that, that it, it's a very simple bachelor party. Well, just try and get us some dates then. I'll work on that tomorrow when I get to work. Okay. So. Yep. Well, cool, yeah, man. I mean, I, I mean, I'm excited. Like, it's going to be really cool to get, get away and mm-hmm. spend some time with the boys, you know. Fuck Obviously, yeah. it's it's not your last hurrah before you get married because whoever says that's bullshit. But, I mean, we got to send you on your way at least, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm really excited. Um, going to be eating pizza out of a stripper's butt crack. Blow. It's going to be great. <laughs> no strippers yeah. for me. Sorry, guys. Kyle can swing. <laughs> I'll never forget. Kyle was like, man, I could smell. Yeah, a we can end it here. It's not, anyway. it's not really a big deal. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nick, <laughs> thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, yeah but it appreciate fun, it. It was, it was right. a lot of fun. Appreciate oh, yeah. you. All right, All right boys. boys. Later. Later. Bye.